interest in all um, the the kids um, in the in the area. We are partnered up with Dalinda Alcantar. We congratulate her on her on her award. We partner up with a lot of, co of organizations in the area. We are hoping that moving forward, we will get more partnership and collaboration with the city of McAllen. We've had a couple of you commissioners come into our flag day. And so we just think this is a great start and we really, really are thankful and grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, BPOE, right? Best people on earth. That is correct, sir. That's the Elks, Elks Club slogan. While they're getting their picture taken, we're going to recognize the City of McAllen Mentoring Program participants, an important program in our community. And we have who's going to be Jeff and Christina. Christina? Good evening. If I can have the mentors and mentees. Um, socially distanced behind me. Good evening, Mayor, Commission, and members of the community. Today marks a very important and exciting moment for the city of McAllen. For a few years now, city management has been developing plans for a mentoring program geared at cultivating leaders within the organization and therefore safeguarding the culture and values that make the city of McAllen stand out from the rest. Last November, that vision came to fruition, and the city kicked off its first ever mentoring program. For the, past, for the past year, 12 mentors and 13 mentees met every month for at least one hour and discussed topics such as the city's core values, professional etiquette, effective communication, as well as personal and career growth. Despite this year's unprecedented challenges, this group persevered, and this month, the first class, or the alpha class, as we like to call it, completed their program. On behalf of city management, I'd like to thank the mentors, if they can raise their hand, the mentors, for giving up their time to guide the mentees through the program, and to recognize the mentees, if they could re, uh, raise their hands, the mentees, for their personal and professional commitment. I'd also like to thank everyone who had a hand in putting this program together, including city management staff, human resources staff, and I'd especially like to thank Cynthia Garza, Deputy Director of Human Resources, for her hand in helping put this together. Before we leave tonight, though, I'd like for you to hear directly from one of our mentees uh, who would like to share a little bit about their experience. Melissa Inslas. Hi, good afternoon. Um, first of all, I want to thank you, um, everybody, the mayor, city commission, and city manager, management team, um, for encouraging such a, such a program that promotes professional growth. It's amazing to have that opportunity within city employees um, that are not necessarily on the upper management side that would like to have the opportunity to grow um, in the future and look up to these great leaders. So um, I'd like to thank the amazing um, mentors that were selfless and they really came out of their comfort zone to polish and to educate us mentees. Um, it's been a rough year for everybody, but we are honestly super blessed to be able to be part of it, of this wonderful program this year, because I mean, all everything that has happened was really unexpected. And I can honestly say it's been a great blessing. Um, also, um, as I told my mentor, um, we are really honored and being a mentor 
is a lifetime commitment. So I told her, you're, you're not going to get rid of us so easily because um, you guys did all that for us. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you. So Melissa Islas is from the uh, Environmental Code uh, Department. And I just want to take a moment to quickly thank the mayor and commission for their continued support of our city employees. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, you can't go for a community picture because there's too many of you to stand apart. So I, right there. I think somebody got a picture of you already. Can I just stay there? Oh, good. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Next item, we're going to call public hearing. It's public hearings for the purposes of hearing recommendations from the McAllen Pl Planning and Zoning Commission. The first items are item 1A through uh, 1, uh, 4, right? Yes, sir. And these are recommendations. What? Yes, sir. I, I these just are said routine yes, items and recommendations made by the staff and the Planning and Zoning Commission. That is correct. And they will not be um, heard unless somebody has uh, an objection to it. You want to go over, let me go over the first one? Yes, sir. So the first one is uh, rezoning from R3T to R1 um, for a uh, subdivision that's already going through the process. That's at 1600 North Taylor. Uh, the next one is a conditional use permit for life of the use. That's for um, a cell phone tower for at a lease there at the uh, municipal golf course, 2551 South Ware. Then we have on 5000 one North 10th, that's a conditional use permit for a cigar bar um, at El Divino. And then uh, another conditional use permit for a bar at 2121 South 10th, that is for a restaurant slash bar called Ojos Locos. And both um, three and four uh, come with a variance approval that is correct. from the Planning and Zoning Commission because I think within 400 feet of residences. Yes, sir. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, is there anyone here to appear in, in opposition to items uh, 1A, 1 through 4 as presented? Going once. Anybody here in opposition? Twice, three. Okay, uh, hearing on that entertain a motion from the City Commission to approve items A, 1, 1 through 4. Oh, no. Second. Motion and second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. Item B, rezoning. Yes, sir. So this is a rezone from R1 to R2 at uh, 2633 Austin Avenue. Uh, this property is located on the south side of Boston, um, just about 120 feet east of 27th. The applicant is proposing to um, attach an 1,100-square-foot uh, house to an existing residence, uh, so he needs that R2 duplex uh, zoning. Adjacent zoning is R1 to the east, west, and south, and R2 to the north. Uh, the comp plan does designate this uh, specific parcel as single-family use. Uh, there is an existing house on the property, and surrounding uses include uh, single-family homes, stores, and duplexes to the north. Uh, the established character of this neighborhood is single-family. Um, all the properties on the south side of Austin from 26th to 28th <coughs> are single-family homes. Um, the item was heard at the November 17th <coughs> Plan and Zoning Commission meeting uh, where there was one person in opposition uh, with concerns that further rezonings would affect uh, existing parking and traffic issues. 
Uh, PNZ unanimously voted to disapprove. Staff is recommending this approval. And just take a super majority to approve, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Because of PNZ. Um, you want to hear the applicant? The recommendation is disapproval by PNZ, and we take a super majority. So, unless, um, is there anybody in opposition to the zoning? If you're in opposition, why don't we wait until we hear the applicant first because it's, he has a. Is the applicant here? We tried calling him today. We never got a call back, so he may not be here. He might, uh, we believe he might have given up after. But he's been issued notice of the Correct. meeting, et cetera. Yes, sir. Uh, to disapprove. Second. We have a motion and a second to disapprove. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. And I didn't mean to cut you off on testifying, but I thought you would get the results you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Item C1, condition use permits. Yes, sir. So the, uh, actually, this item has to be taken off the table. Motion to table. remove from table. Second. Second. Okay, motion and second uh, take off the table. All those in favor say aye. 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 Oh, same sign. Motion carried. All right. Okay. So this is a request of Hugo Cuevas for a conditional use permit for life of the use for a parking facility at lot two, Rosalinda subdivision, 3616 Harvey. Uh, so this property is located on the north side of uh, Harvey, approximately 160 feet east of where? It is zoned R1. Uh, with adjacent zoning being R1 all around. Uh, surrounding uses include single-family homes and the apartments to the west, as well as a church and vacant land. The applicant is proposing to construct a parking lot with 10 stalls for the existing apartments that are located to the west um, of the subject property. The item was heard at the November 3rd Planning Zoning Commission meeting. Waiting for where, Mr. Quintanilla. Yes. Okay. Uh, We're waiting for you. Yeah, we were waiting for it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need to go over it. Yeah, there was opposition, uh, but at the end of the day, ultimately, yeah, we were waiting for a commissioner to be here because it yeah. is your district. And, and the opposition mainly reflects to the conditions of the apartment building adjacent Correct. to it that's mm -hmm. that will be connected to this, sure. this building. Yeah, Mayor, uh, we visited with, uh, with the residents, um, several of us, uh, this past weekend, and, it, you know, the... the, uh, the the complaints that the residents have um, were were discussed at the last meeting, and, and uh, I appreciate the the item being tabled. But uh, you know, we got a firsthand look at uh, at the apartment complex, and uh, this request for a conditional use permit for, for this parking lot. Now, the uh, the issues that they have, and and some of which I, I do share the same concerns, is that there's there's quite a bit of violations uh, happening. Um, you know, we, we, we arrived and, and uh, all of these 10 proposed parking lots were already filled <laughs> and, and illegally so because it's, it's a residential lot. It's not, uh, they don't have a conditional use permit. Correct. And so there, there was at least uh, nine, 10 vehicles there at the moment. Uh, and so you know, the residents don't, don't feel that any of the requirements that are set forth by this conditional use permit will be met uh, because, because the landlord uh, hasn't shown a history of being able to abide by, by the, uh, the, the code of ordinances that, that we require. And so, um, you know, I share the same concerns. And so uh, it, would, it would be difficult for me to be uh, in favor of this conditional use permit if if we're going to be in, this, in a similar situation uh, with with the parking that is happening, with the number of requirements that are that we would impose upon the uh, property owner, and and not feeling that they're going to be uh, 
addressed or maintained, as a matter of fact. Are, is there anybody from, from the neighborhood that's here to? Uh, you know, we, we kind of heard the neighborhoods complaints. Okay. We understand those. I, I think the issue for us was it will improve existing condition um, right now because they're parking no fence, et cetera. And the question is, you know, that you can always revoke a condition use permit. And so do we do nothing and continue without not much doing about that condition or you do a condition use permit and prove it and hopefully abides by it because he's going to have money invested in it. And if he doesn't, we'll revoke the permit and they can't park there. But we certainly understand the neighborhood's um, positions relating to the apartment. <coughs> but yeah, it's a frustration that many of them, many of them have, and, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I share some of that frustration as well. Yeah. Does anybody want to make a motion? Are we going to, if we were to allow him to get the parking permit, are we going to give him a deadline? Yeah, you can impose anything you want on it. Correct. So we are recommending life of the use because there is a substantial cost to paving. Uh, PNZ had initially recommended only a CUP for two years. Okay. How feasible issue. is it that he's going to pave it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we think it's peaceful. He is here. Uh, he has come, and and part of this is you know the redevelopment of the area. Um, and so he's trying to put his his uh, portion of, of cleaning this what up. What about the setback requirement? Is it, there's, there's typically what a 30 it's foot, and this is 10 foot being requested. Right. No, no, no. So a setback from where? From, from the, the street. Street RV. It's, looks no. Like so they're gonna come in uh, from the alley. Um, and so with that, there's going to be the tent stalls, and then there's going to be a patch of green. And so they're going to leave, uh, I think we have a site plan, they're going to leave, um, yeah, a big patch of grass, and then a six-foot opaque fence on the north and the east side to, to buffer from uh, the neighbors. You say they're using, the lot's vacant right now. Correct. And Omar saw it. They're using it right now for parking. Yes. Right? So. Right. If we deny this, will we then begin enforcing the fact that they can't park on the lot? And what, where are those cars going to move to? Yeah, they, they have the question, who do you cite if somebody parks on the lot? You the cite the, the apartment the owner or you cite the uh, people parking in? You cite the vehicle. So then the vehicles start to, they don't want to get cited a second time. They're, they're then going to just start parking on the street, right? Well, I don't know, I have to ask the city attorney if you can cite the vehicles. Yeah, I mean, if a vehicle's parked in a place that they're not allowed to park, you could certainly cite the vehicle for that. But uh, I didn't hear the first part of the question, but you could, uh, if it's being used for a purpose that's not allowed, you can also cite the owner. Yeah. 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 If the owner, imagine, is allowing by consent Correct. to allow yeah, them to park. Sure. So they're, they're parking there because they're, they live in, in the apartments in the apartments of the and so the apartments do have their own parking stalls so my question uh, to that is yes. how many can how many cars are allowed per apartment uh, for apartment allowed is different right so well, we require two so we required two okay but I don't believe that I noticed that there was only one parking space in front of um, several parking spaces but I don't think if there was allowed two per apartment there's 20 apartments there would have to be 40. Yeah. Uh, parking spaces, parking and I don't think that I noticed 40 parking spaces. So therefore, that's why they're using that side lot. Do so we know? It's do we they're know already. So are they going to be getting charged to park According there? to the site plan, there are 13 parking spaces required for that property. Okay, that's why I asked. Yeah. And so uh, they are providing yeah, that number. Did you see 13? I, and how many? Probably. And how many is he proposing with this? Employment? An extra 10. Which is only make it 23. Yeah. And there's 20 units 
technically we would have we would require 40 parking 40 spaces. so Normally, we're, yes. we're short 17. so we're we're short that time they're probably grandfathered and and they are yes yeah, correct it's, got a, so it's a pretty old property this property was annexed well, which correct. is why but it's an r1 you, zone but it's an apartment complex yeah, but if correct. you do some remodeling or something even though it's grandfather doesn't that set it you so they have a cap of 10 percent per year of what they can remodel yes ma'am Kind of a down if you do and down if you don't. You want to improve yeah. the apartments. And, and yeah, I worry well, about it. We're creating a different scenarios. type of problem. Here's another concern. I think that they've asked the apartment um, landlord. I think there's couches and trash and other things that they've asked to be removed from the from the area, and it has not been done. And so I'm just trying to figure out how he's going to do what he's asking us today and make sure that all of what we're asking is done. Is it the same owner? Yes. Yes. Well, then if we do it, let's just not do it for the life of the use. Let's do it for one year and give it a try. Because I understand the issues of the, the people. It's, it looks ugly. Right. But we still, we still have some control. Correct. So if we do it to a certain, a certain amount of time, he's going to have to invest. So once you invest, you're invested in there, you better take care of it. I Otherwise, it's going to be pulled. So is I, invest? right now, the parking isn't adequate because Correct. I was grandfathered. They need parking. It would be more adequate to have those facilities or that apartment with the required uh, parking. And now, even though it might bug the, the, the neighbors around a little bit, at the very end, I think it would be more beneficial than being parked all over the place. Correct. But the city, should we do it, has to keep a close little watch on, on it. And, and just to, to that point, Javier, just to kind of play devil's advocate a bit, if someone builds a parking lot and in two years we don't feel right. or the commission at that point doesn't feel that the property owner has been in compliance and complaints are still out there, is the city just going to simply block off a parking lot to not be Well, that's used? what I was going to ask. I don't know if that really punishes the property owner right. as much as the residents issue. who became accustomed to it yeah, for two years. Yeah, we're getting to the issue that we are here now again. So, so how long would it be for him to I know, like so I'm trying to think of how we can hold the property owner accountable. Does he have like a timeline? So it's we usually, once you have a conditional use permit approved, you have six months to come and pick it up. So in theory, he would have six months to, to pave it. Mayor, Mayor Commissioner Villalobos and Commissioner Haddad, you all bring very good points. All things being considered, if we had a owner here who had history of compliance, you know, we, the, that was something that as part of this conditional use permit for the parking on that lot, I would have no grievance or even a doubt or question that would be done. Unfortunately, these collateral issues have been raised, and we cannot negate them, uh, where he has been in a non-compliant or engaged in non-compliant behavior. And so the conduct to me says, if he's already done this in the past, and he's done it for the last two years when he acquired this property in February of 2017, what leads me to believe that the behavior will change now that he's acting to comply to these conditions with the conditional use permit for the parking? Well, hopefully the fact that he's going to spend quite a bit of money is going right. <clears> to... <throat> well, that's the hopefully part that the neighbors have already seen that he hasn't come through. I think if he had already spoken to the neighbors, had at least a limited history in the last three or six months of making improvements by picking up the litter, because he does have control over the tenants. He is the landlord. He can enforce certain restrictions and requirements and restrict some conduct on behalf of, the, of his tenants. Checkups. And he hasn't done that. And so the issue I raise is, are we going to reward negative or bad behavior by giving him the permit? And that's the biggest question for me, because at this point, I don't feel comfortable 
enough that he's actually going to comply with any condition if this conditional use permit would be granted by this board. And what are the conditions that we've set? Uh, so the uh, parking lot needs to be maintained clean, it's striped. Um, the green area that he's proposing needs to be maintained as well, so it has to be mowed. Um, there has to be a couple of trees there that have to be maintained, and so with all that landscaping, and then the six-foot opaque fence on the north and the east side as well. And can we cite the landlord if, if those things are not complied with? Or, or we can is that a remedy? revoke the conditional use permit because right. that no, is that the help. conditions of the permit. I just, I just want to be clear that you know we've got an, an apartment complex that, that is grandfathered Correct. due to the fact that we annexed that apartment complex. Yeah. The city of McAllen annexed it. It was in the county, uh, and we annexed it. And so we currently have 10 or 12 parking spaces for the entire uh, building, and we've got a dirt parking lot that's being used for parking. And so the owner is attempting to increase the number of parking stalls by 10 and paving it. And so it seems like an improvement to us. That's why we're recommending approval. And, and, and believe me, Mayor and Commissioners, you know, we discuss this with our, the neighbors there very, very often. And uh, if we didn't think this was an improvement, we wouldn't recommend it. But it's it's a mud pit when it rains. Yeah, yeah I see that. Yeah. Can I say something? And I would recommend, if you're gonna have a green space, that you restrict the use. You wanna see any people, you know, Beer can sitting out there because people, it's a nice green space to go because there is no green space around that apartment yard. You know, I would be very reluctant to um, just say you could have a green space without some restrictions on it. No picnic tables, no nada. Okay. Well, he, he's not proposing to put anything on there, just right. green That's space. Point, just to act like an extra buffer like if there. If we don't approve it, the only people we're hurting are the, the, the tenants. Like, well, not necessarily just the tenants, but if I, if I want to park there and I can't, I'll go park in front of one, one of the houses. And they have. Walk there. And, and, yeah. and what's going to keep me from doing yeah. that? Okay. Well, let's do a motion, and if it's like for one or two years, then we'll author. We'll, the I move to approve for one year. Okay. I'll second. I, okay, you have a motion second. Is the applicant here? Would you yes. come forward, sir? That's you, the applicant, or property owners? Oh, I'm, I'm against that, sir. The property oh, owners. The here. applicant is right here. He's he lives directly He's next to you. Okay. Come on forward. He's the owner. Who's there? He's a neighbor. Thank you, Commissioner. Oh, uh, thank you, Commissioners, for uh, taking the time to listen. Uh, uh, when I purchased this property the, the, in, a few years ago, I wasn't aware of uh, the situation that was going on with the apartments. That is something that we are addressing every day uh, with new management, new people out there every day. Uh, I know one of, one of the concerns is uh, litter, trash, things that the, the illegal illegal dumping is one of, the, one of the things that we are addressing. Hopefully with the city uh, help, we can do a better job of it as well. Uh, every day we, we try to improve the property as much as we can. We believe that this would be a great improvement, not just for the apartments, but also for the neighborhood. In reality, it is just a mud pit. It's dirt, that's all it is. We, we notify tenants, hey, you cannot park there. A lot of times it's visitors that come by. Sometimes it's outside people that decide to park there. Sometimes it's neighborhood people that decide to park there as well for whatever reason because they don't want to be on the street and we end up, end up parking there. We, we notify them, say you can't park here. We, we've told them. We feel that if we can take some control of this uh, lot, one way would be by doing a pavement 
and hopefully notifying the tenants that only certain people can park there, and of course, having them marked as well. Okay, but the issue is a condition use permit was, um, the recommendation was granted for one year, and so you have to renew it at the end of the first year. I'll, I would prefer something a little bit because I do plan to, it is a, an investment for myself. This is not gonna give me anything in return. You know, yes, the property will be increasing in value, but it's not something that, I'm not gonna be charging the renters, the tenants, any additional Wait. rent for this. This is not. When did, uh, you, when did you purchase the property? Uh, uh, 2017, end of 2017. Hmm? Okay. Have you done any improvements to the property since you purchased uh, We've done uh, new roofs, we've done uh, new air conditioners, we've done improvements in the apartment. Uh, we've done, uh, you know, new, new, new air conditioners, new machines. One of the biggest things uh, uh, for the neighborhood it would be we improved on the trash can. Uh, the trash can was a smaller trash can unit and uh, it was less pickups. We increased the pickups, we increased the size of the trash can because it, it wasn't enough for the, I guess the previous owner wanted to save a little bit of money on that. We decided to increase in that. We've put lights, uh, lights on the outside, hopefully to prevent uh, illegal dumping. Uh, we also have people on standby for that. We've had illegal dumping, you know, like anybody else in the, in the city, and we're forced to go out there and pick it up ourselves, and we've done it ourselves where we pick up trash. Uh, we feel that by improving this empty lot, that would be some kind of, for people that do illegal dumping, because right now they see an empty lot, they feel that it's, you know, nobody owns it, so they can just go out there and do whatever they feel like they can do. We feel by taking ownership of it, we can do something to it. Now, uh, once you do pave and everything, like, were you, are you going to be like assigning it to your tenants or like are you just going to leave it open? We would try to assign it. We will see how that works. If, if, if we feel that that works by assigning them, then we'll do that. If we feel that it's not working because people are parking in parking spaces that don't belong or for some reason we're having trouble with that, that's something we can work out with with a, with a tenant as well. What about, we the, what about the litter? I know you can't see, but... <laughs> Um, what about the litter situation? We were there on Saturday. Uh, a lot of litter uh, throughout throughout that empty lot. You know, what, what's it? Why well, would it be different? The, why would it be different if it's improved now? I mean, well, it, one of the first things is that we have a we would have a fence. Hopefully, that would prevent a lot of litter that comes off the street. When especially well, when, are, especially when the trash can is also picked up, uh, yeah. the trash sometimes falls off the trash can and gets flown all over the place. Uh, but one of the other things is that we probably uh, a point. One of our renters, you know, probably do some kind of uh, for rent, you know, make sure that it's clean, make sure it's maintained, make sure there's no papers, uh, make sure there's nobody, you know, I, I don't want it to be used as a park. I want it to be fenced off. I want it to be a buffer between us and our neighbor so that there is a dis, uh, some kind of a distance and for in case in the future, if they want to build a bigger parking lot, then they have that option to build more, if somebody else feels to, if they want to take on that additional cost. For me to build the whole parking lot, the whole parking, the whole space would be a little bit, uh, you know, expensive. So I want to start off with at least this, and then as time goes, add to it if, if possible. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of the complaints that we heard were just the apartment complex itself not being a good neighbor to the surrounding area, right? Correct. So you have to ensure that, uh, outside of collecting rents, that you manage the property properly. No, no, and like, like I said, over, we, we've been trying to see the tenants, that you screen the tenants. Correct. And I think if you were responsive to the neighborhood, those complaints would be driven down. One, one Just of the, as a suggestion, and I know a lot of apartment complexes do this, they place plaques or signs on their walls where people can call yes. for direct complaints, right? So that way, if there's trash or, or something that got left over, someone can call directly, and I would hope that your office would respond. My, um, my, my phone is on the wall, my direct okay. phone, my direct cell phone. And I've, I've asked my tenants, I've asked my 
my neighbors, if there are ever any concerns. I even asked uh, officers, uh, police, city, and they, they've called me. Water department calls me if the water's too high. My, my number's on the wall. It's on the, on the big wall there. Uh, like I said, I try to uh, perform as much as we can to improve the property. We feel this is a major improvement. Uh, it will take cars off the street. It will take cars from parking illegally. It would do an improvement not on just my property, but on the neighborhood itself. Everybody knows, everybody knows that if you have an empty lot in your neighborhood, it's gonna devalue your whole neighborhood. Plain and simple. Wherever you live, here in McCann Forest, someone, anywhere you live, if there's an empty lot in your neighborhood, that devalues your property. This is one of the field that it could, it could help improve the property. Now, a one-year permit, uh, I, I thank you for that. But I just don't think that a one-year permit would be sufficient. Uh, I would love a, a lifetime, but uh, I understand that we can do a two-year permit. We can try it out, and then we can okay. go from there if you wish. The reason it, okay. it's one year is because that gives us an opportunity to see what's going to happen. Because yes. there's, there's been some good. Uh, Commissioner Quintana raises real good, valid concerns, mm -hmm. and we all think about it. You know, but of course we know the benefits, what, what the landlords do, the the property owners, I mean, they have an interest, they have a vested interest to yes. make sure that everything goes correctly. And that gives you an opportunity, in a sense, to prove yourself that yes, you do want to do it. Now, if the tenants do something that's out of your control, of course, that's different. Yeah. But no. this is about you, about what you can do. No, and, and, and like I said, uh, our, biggest, our, our biggest is management of the property, making sure that there's a proper management and make sure that uh, items are being addressed as soon as they're they are being they're happening. For example, illegal dumping. You know, Everybody knows that you know it, it, legal dumping that happens in this property. It is addressed immediately, not a month, two months later. Well, and that's something that we're we're, we're 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 working on as well. I think a lot of the concern also was that they've asked you to do some of the things in the on the actual property, like for instance, the couch and some tires, yeah. and some of the uh, tenants that that have not followed some of the guidelines and rules that you said they've they've asked you to set up. And so that's what concerns me if we you know, grant you the, the permit for paving and we give you more time, I don't know that that's going to help because so far the record shows that some of the things that have been asked of you well, have not been... I, I know the, some of the commissioners have spoken to, to the tenants, to the neighbors, and, uh, and they can say that things have been improving. They can, the neighbors have said, you know what, yes, things have been improving, slowly but surely they are improving, and that's, you know, it takes time. You cannot uh, turn around uh, what was going on with previous owners overnight. It does take time. Uh, I am addressing it. I am uh, currently in all, uh, evicting tenants that are not following the rules, not foreseen by, by certain rules, especially uh, and especially illegal, illegal dumping. It's one of the biggest concerns, one of the biggest problems that we have here. It's illegal dumping, and one of the things of that empty lot. And we feel that that's something we can correct, hopefully correct with this. Okay. So now we have a motion and second for one year. Is you going to amend that motion, or is that the motion you want to present it? Are we going to hear from the uh, resident? I'm going to do that in a second. Okay. I'm trying to get. You know what? I'll withdraw. I think you have a make it a make it a year and a half. Okay. Is that your motion? Is to amend your motion? I'm okay with the year, but not a year and a half, because I think okay, at the end of the day, they have to, you have to be before accountable. Before you can do that, we have to see it's going to be amended, because it's, it's up to the, make, the maker and the we'll, uh, second. We'll go to one. I have no problem. I just think we need to give them an opportunity, whether it be six, well, not six months, one year, two years. But, I okay. think we need to give him and the rest yes, of the people an opportunity so that people don't just go park in front of their houses. Okay, that was your motion. Are you, are you trying to amend your motion? I'm okay with one year. 
Okay, so it's not going to be amended. Okay, you heard that. Are you willing to still go forward with that? I'm going to get a complaint first. Are you willing to go forward? I don't want to waste everybody's time if you don't. Uh, think I'll it's... take whatever you guys give me. Okay. <laughs> give me six months. Of the... I, have the uh, I prefer a year. I prefer longer. But uh, we can try for a year. Uh, I can see as far as also cost for parking, how much it would cost, what, what you're asking me. Okay. If it's doable, it would be great. I think it would be a great improvement for the, for the neighborhood. But this is what, you, this what you got before. Else. Okay. Hmm? Uh, is a neighbor up? You're the right next door neighbor, sir? Yes. Okay. Can you come up here then? I have to, it's a public hearing, so we have to give another person. Okay, oh, you can sit down. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, sir. I'd like to ask him a question. Oh. He answered your questions? Okay, great. Then we're going to vote on no, one no. year. He's going to um, ask him a question. Permit. Now, Mr. Your Darling. Name record, please. My name is Miguel Santos, and I live at 3608 Harvey. I put up with this nonsense for 37 years. I've been here before you three times already. Previously, in 2016, we voted against that, and we disapproved no parking lot there. There has not been no improvements. What happened was the owners in 2016 sold to Mr. Cuevas. Mr. Cuevas took over in 2017. What he did not tell you is he's running a used car lot out of that empty lot. Now, Mr. Quintanilla was there. Mr. Zamora was there, and Mrs. Whitaker was there. Wasn't there a car with a sign that said for sale on that parking lot? Well, it's not really, you can't question the city commission. You have to, they were there. Well, no, I'm not questioning. I'm telling you, the evidence is there. What you don't know, Mr. Darling, is when you have to put up with this day in and day out for 37 years, that's only one neighbor. Previously in 2016, you had 31 owners protesting to this. Now I have another list of the same owners protesting against it. What we don't understand is, what is it going to be beneficial for the neighborhood to depreciate the value of the properties while he is trying to maintain a grandfather apartment? You can give your opinion. We don't, it's not a give and take. Well, it's not an opinion. Part. It's a fact. My property is being devaluated for over $120,000. I have repaired that fence twice. He wants to fence now because they're running a used car lot. The other day at 1 o'clock this past week, somebody had a piggyback with a pickup picking up cars from there. This is the things you all don't know. Okay. Do you have anything else, sir? Anything else? Yes. Well, if you approve this, I hate to say to all of you, you're not doing us a favor. Now, we're not young people that can put up and be calling every time his tenants do something wrong. We're not babysitters in that neighborhood. There's a neighbor down the street in, 20, in September the 29th that he was told that he needed to widened his, his uh, driveway so he could park his cars and get him out the street. He did it. They told Mr. Cuevas he needed to clean up his place. He hasn't done it. So you think that one year he's going to improve? If he hasn't done it for 37 years, not that he's been the owner for 37 years. Okay. Anything else? Well, that's all I got to say. Okay, thank you, sir. 
Thank you. Well, that's, Thank a you new, that's a new allegation. Do you want to, you, are you no, ready to no. vote or you want to question him about the parking? Uh, no, I'd I like think that's something that I would like to inquire about. It's not an allegation. It's a or, fact because when oh, they knock at your door and they want to know. This, oh. That's what this is all about, sir. And make that as a condition should it be granted that there's no business to be run out of that there's parking a what? lot. That no business is to be run out of that parking lot, including cars or anything. And if it does, the permit is automatic, is, is canceled. But I think okay. it should answer if he's been running a business from there. Well, that would go without saying, but if you want to specifically add it to it, that's certainly a per permissible. Yes. That's good. Yeah. To Cuevas, can you come forward, please? You heard the allegation that uh, you're running a... I do not sell cars. I do not have sales cars. Tenants put for sale on their cars. They put them on their parking lot, just like everybody does in their homes. And, but I, we do not have a used car sales. I have never sold cars. I have no idea how to do it. I have no clue what they're talking about. Trust me, that is not a great spot to put on car sales if I were to sell cars. That would not be a great spot. And I do not sell cars. Tenants sometimes do it. I, I, I'll give you that. Just like everybody does. They put their cars in front of their house, put a for sale sign. That's up to them. I have never sold a car in my life. I have never used that as a, as a used car. And that would be that, that would be great. It would be additional income. I do not do it. This you, is just purposely for the apartments, plain and simple. How do you how do you ascertain whether a tenant who has a car sale that's he really selling a car he's using, he's going to buy a new one, or he's got an extra car there and he's trying to sell it? How do you ascertain that? You know? well, well, first of all, we, we notice that we see a for sale sign in there. Obviously, we got to make sure the car has its tags that it is a legal car, not a junk vehicle, not just another vehicle that they have. And we after a while, you notice people if they're selling cars or not. Cars are coming in all the time. I have not seen that. I know people do. I know renters put their cars up for sale all the time. It, it happens. It happens in my neighborhood. You know, my neighbors put their car for sale, live in the front yard a few, three, a few days. That, uh, you know, but I have not personally. I have never sold a car. I do not plan to use this as a car sales. Uh, I have. I don't know where that allegation comes from. It's probably because one of my renters probably had a, a car for sale. They put it up there. It happened. Maybe the previous owners used to do that. That's not my job, that's not my business, I, I don't do that. Okay. And if I see a renter doing it, we advise them, you only have so much time and you cannot be having people coming in and just looking at cars, you know, okay. we notify them. Mr. Cuevas, and not yeah. to like get into like how you like run your business and everything, but usually with it, when you have like, and I like living in an apartment, so every time like you enter an apartment, they'll ask you for your license plates, especially if you have, if there's like one or two parking spots uh, per tenant. So, like, maybe that's something that you can implement so that way you, you can see, like, when, when what we, cars are supposed to be there and what cars are not supposed yes. to. Yes, when, when we rent to uh, uh, tenants, we, we, rent, we, we, uh, we ask them how many vehicles do you have, and we advise them. Like, we only have right now a spot for one car, you know, maybe, maybe max two because other people don't have a vehicle. But we, uh, we try to eliminate uh, a renter that, well, I got four cars, or I got three cars. Well, you know, this might not be the right place for you at this moment because we just can't uh, you know sufficient parking and and I know that one of the that I've spoke I've heard one of the complaints that I've heard is and it's unfortunate but I've heard it from uh, commissioners I've heard it from my neighbors is that can you improve the, the tenants better quality of tenants uh, I don't I don't, know, I don't know where that's coming from but that's something that I've heard of one of the biggest concerns when I have tenants coming in and you know better tenants uh, I'm afraid have usually have two vehicles husband and wife drive and that's one of the, well, you know, 
So I'm getting tenants that only have one vehicle. And, and, and I, every single one of you, if you ever rented, the first thing you ask is, how many cars can I park and where can I park? And is it a safe, safe place for me to park? And this is one of the things that I have concerns from, the, from new tenants, you know, but better kind of tenants. What, what, what uh, you guys have been uh, asking me to do is to get better tenants, which I feel that that means that you want better tenants that pay more or hire. Usually the first thing they ask is, where can I park? And how many parking spaces do I have? This is a, this would help a lot towards that. Okay. Okay. I think we heard enough. And the motion now is for one year, and you wanted to add restrictions, no use for business, no, no car sales or whatever out of the... Is that what you want to do or no? Harvey? You yeah, want to add the condition about that? Right. I mean, I think that goes without saying, but you want to emphasize it, I think. Yeah. And there's a second. JJ, you seconded that motion? You want uh, to add that? Tanya, the second. Second. You want to second that motion? Okay. You want to repeat what we're going to vote for? Huh? Would you like to repeat what we're going to vote for? Okay, the motion is for a condition use permit for one year. Uh -huh. And specifically, no businesses, but uh, that's part of Correct. the condition use permit anyways, because it wouldn't be required. But specifically, no automobile sales in the um, lot. And one year to, to pave the. No, he's got to pave it before he gets a permit. It's got to be all approved. Yeah. Okay, that's the motion. Now, all those in favor, raise your hand. Aye. One, two, three. All right, three. Oppose, raise your hand. One, two, three. <laughs> I had to vote more times this year. <laughs> Due process, Mayor. Due process. Yeah, I, I'm really ha I'm struggling because I, I really want this to work because I think it improves a lot for everybody, apartment owners and the uh, renters and the and the neighborhood. Um, yeah. I'm gonna vote aye. Okay. Next item. Yes, sir. Two. So the next one is the conditional use permit uh, request from Sean Mendiola for a conditional use permit for one year for a bar at lot 25 um, at 1113 Upis. Um, so this property is located on the south side of Upis between 10th and Broadway. Uh, Jason zoning is C3 to the east uh, and northeast, R2 um, and R1 to the west, R1 to the south, and R2 to the north. Uh, the applicant is proposing a bar from an existing 1,200-square-foot uh, home. Um, surrounding uses are an antique and home goods stores, as well as single-family homes. Uh, the applicant is proposing to operate from Monday through Sunday, noon to 2 a.m. Uh, the item was heard at the December 3rd Planning and Zoning Commission meeting, where there was opposition from neighbors citing... Uh, lack of parking, uh, decrease in property values, and noise. Uh, P&Z unanimously voted to disapprove the request. Since then, we have received a formal uh, petition in opposition from the property owners. That has triggered a supermajority vote for approval, should you all want an approval. Staff is recommending disapproval. But this is zone C3. Correct. This is one of the problems with spot zoning C3s into neighborhoods. I don't you get that. And in this place right? used to be a coffee shop? Yes, sacred grounds. Yes. Okay, we do this quickly, or we could do it um, slower. Do I have a motion? Make a motion to deny the request okay, for the permit. Okay, do I have a second? Second. Okay, second. Is the applicant here? Did you step forward, sir? You, you understand that you have a, you have to get a super majority 
um, to approve, and that means six commissioners. You already have two that made one made a motion and a second to disapprove. But yes, go sir. ahead. Uh, good afternoon, Commissioner and Mayor. Um, I think it's important to know that um, we are a restaurant selling alcohol. Um, because of COVID and the uh, percentages of the 49 to 51% of alcohol sales to food, in order to um, avoid the fines, um, we um, we took the advice of our TABC consultant, Ms. Becky, she's here with us today, um, to apply as a bar um, to go that route. <clears throat> now, I know that there is some there is some people that have opposed um, one one um, neighbor in particular, and um, after coming to the P and Z meeting and explaining to him what we were trying to do there, we're trying to bring like a Salome, um, Austin, Rainy Street vibe to Upas. It's a really cool street. Um, the first Saturday of every month, they do pop-up sales. People walk up and down. There's a couple of antique shops. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. Um, so what we were trying to do, um, <clears throat> when the building became available on Common Grounds, I actually wanted to bring a, a little tea shop, coffee shop, um, <laughs> little restaurant, and then little by little it became, hey, well, why don't we sell beer? Hey, why don't we turn into a beer garden, have some live music here on the weekend. Um, pretty cool little um, building. Um, the front yard is really nice to have something like that out there. And so then um, as we dug deeper into it, then we decided to apply, like I said, because of our TBC consultant, apply as a bar. We are not a bar. We don't. We do not want to run till two o'clock in the morning every night. Um, it's our first time dealing with the uh, city of McAllen planning and zoning. So I kind of put up some broad hours that we could change later. Um, so that's what we are trying to do at Stick Lizards. You're already a rest. You're already a restaurant. Uh, we have a restaurant in Mission. Okay. So when I first yeah. found the building, I said, "Hey, well, you know what? We'll bring that idea over here to to McAllen." And it kind of started that way, and then getting out there more and more and looking at the property, we said, well, why don't we sell beer? We can be a beer garden. But then um, digging deeper, we figured, well, a lot of ladies like to have margaritas or mixed drinks, and if we don't offer that, then that might slice some people away. So then we dug deeper, and then we decided we'll go with the liquor license. But um, like I said, most importantly, we are a restaurant before a bar. What's the name of the restaurant that you It's called Stick Lizards. So what time do you plan to close? Here? Well, um, Solomon Main Street, most of those places close at 11, midnight, maybe on Saturday. Um, those hours are fine with me. Um, like I said in the very beginning, we didn't, yeah, I just threw some broad hours out there. Um, we don't have to stick with our hours. We can change them. Um, we're not a, we, I know that somebody opposed loud music. Um, we're not loud music kind of people. We don't want to do that. Um, keep it acoustic, keep it low. Um, we are, you know, respectful towards neighbors. There were some neighbors opposing because of through traffic in the alleyways. Um, that can be controlled with the towing company. I know a lot of towing companies will go, they'll work a deal out with you. If you call somebody, they'll come tow a truck or a car. Um, I know there might be like a commission thing, but I guarantee you tow one or two trucks away and people find out real quick that you should not be parking there. And yeah, when you have to pay 300 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Where's the, um, where's the parking in that area? We have nine spaces um, available for our building. Um, there is a, uh, 
there is a antique mall just 200 feet away that has 24 okay. spaces that belongs to Carmen Garza. Um, I do have the uh, lease agreement. Um, they said we could use up to 10 of their parking spaces. It's signed. Um, I haven't turned it into plan zoning. The next door neighbor, they have six parking spaces, but um, she was kind enough to let us. I said, look, I said, she's like, I'll do one. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. Um, and then, of course, there's an easy pond. There's a big shopping mall at the beginning has probably over 150 parking spaces. I don't feel, um, you know, that, of course, UPS people are, are going to park on the street no matter what. It's, it is commercial. There's a couple other businesses, and people do park out there already. Um, but that's okay. all I got. Okay. Any other questions? I'm going to ask um, I, there's uh, five people that uh, have requested to speak. I understand that Vicente Solano is um, yep. here. And he's going to speak on behalf of the group, and I think it's Mr. Is it Cation, Amendiola, Valle, Val, and um, Julia or Julia. Yeah. And so, Mr. Solano, you're here. Would you like to speak on behalf of the neighborhood, please? Hello, Mayor, Commissioners. My name is Vicente Solano, and real quick, uh, I've been in RM for over 30 something years here in the Valley, and. I probably seen you at the hospital or somewhere, you know. And and um, but I, I really want to do something for our community, me and my sons, my family, and everything. You know, we like to hang around together. And we went to a couple of places around town. And usually the music is super loud, you know. But it's okay. I mean, that's what they want. But that's not what we wanted. And when we kind of ran, Michael showed us this place. My son Michael, we really liked it. Giant mesquite tree, lights on the tree, and everything. He said, "Man, this could be something really cool for other people who don't want to." be putting earplugs and everything in their ear, right? And so we, we decided to look into it. We actually went to all the commercial neighbors in the area, and we asked them what, what their opinion was of us opening a place like this, you know, and we kind of gave them our vision. Hey, we're going to be like a deli. We're going to have soups. We're going to have coffee, you know. <clears throat> you know, people come and hang around out here outside. Everybody loved it. Everybody like, they're like, man, awesome. We didn't really go talk to our neighbors in the area because we didn't want to harass them. We didn't feel like, you know. But anyway, we actually ended up leasing the place, and we had a couple get-togethers. We had about 35, 40 people there in, just in the porch in the front, and we had a great time. Everybody loved it. They're all, and most of them are McAllen residents, you know. So they really thought it was a really nice place to to go hang out and just relax after a long day. But do you, but I, do you live in a neighborhood? No, no, I don't live in a neighborhood. And so, is there anybody here from the neighborhood? Well, I could. Uh, yes, we yeah, are. I'm sure. Oh, well, uh, anybody here in opposition to it? Let me do it that way. Somebody's on. Okay, who's on the? Yeah, I, okay, I appreciate that. That's a good uh, voucher, but. We're trying to find out. Okay, um, well, I'm just trying to say my point. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure there's some opposition. You know, I'm sure about that. You know. Okay. And you, some people are for. Can I finish? Yes. We so can. yes, I, I I know, Mayor. I heard your statement. Sound kind of sound like ah, these people are moving into the neighborhood. But we actually want to be part of the neighborhood. You know. Okay. And the people that are in the front, those those six businesses, well, I think they're part of the neighborhood too. You know. I mean, they're there every day working, and, and they're, they're on that street, and they support us. Okay. I mean, they, they support us. So our vision is not, yes, there were complaints about noise, and there was com complaints about parking. We addressed the noise. We had three parties there, and I know that Ted told us, he's one of the people who collected all these signatures, that, uh, <laughs> that he was just waiting for it to get loud, <coughs> I guess, to report us or something, right? So after that meeting last week, he met with us outside. He said, look, I wish I would have known more about it. I didn't okay. know enough about well, it. I, I would have retracted that. I tell you what, it's 6 o'clock. I want to hear from him. I know your position. Let's hear from the person. <laughs> okay, from he's the got neighbor. two minutes. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Who's on, who's on here? We don't know yet. Kathy, Julia, I'm here. Okay. Can you speak on behalf of the neighbors, do you think? Yes. Okay. I, as a matter of fact, I was contacted by Ted Kachin and Linda Vale today, and they asked in the interest of brevity if I would speak on behalf of us. And between us, we own um, 10 of the affected lots within 400 feet of this proposed bar. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm Kathy Julia. I own VL Founders. We own 2101 through 2105 North 12th Street, as well as 1200 Upas. And you know, Ted Cation, you know, owns six different properties on Upas and 12th Street. And Linda and Sam Vale are at 1107 Tamarack, which they share the alley uh, for this proposed business. Um, and, but they're on the on the south side. Um, our concerns, and we are all very much opposed. Number one, if they wanted to apply for a cute little, you know, restaurant that also serves liquor, then, you know, apply for that. But what they applied for was a bar to be opened until 2 a.m. seven days a week. And we are adamantly opposed to it. Number two, if they already had, um, if they already had leases or even before that verbal agreements with the surrounding, you know, the commercial <coughs> buildings that are to their east, for overflow parking, then when they did their quote unquote dry runs where they presumably invited and had control over the crowds that they had there, um, they could have told them to park in those commercial locations, but they didn't. They parked up and down Upas and 12th Street in, in our front yards and our tenants as, as well as, you know, like Ted who actually lives there and Linda who lives there, were very much opposed and what they were told when they confronted the people and said, we really don't want you parking in our front yards was, they were told, well, it's a public street, we'll park here if we want to. So if that's the kind of reaction that we're being given by the people that they invited for their dry runs, which they you know, held without permitting in place, um, we don't feel like they're actually being um, mindful or respectful of the actual residences and remember this little old place was a, it was originally a house and and you know you are surrounded within 15 feet by house after house after house it's strictly residential to the north it's residential to the west and it's residential to the south and most of these are little single family bungalows they're very densely close together and just the 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 traffic the parking the, the idea of a bar and people, you know, we know what happens with the bars and they're open until two, then, you know, people get drunk and then there's peeing in the yards and there's bottles and there's all kinds of stuff that goes on. And this isn't Salome on Main Street. This isn't Infusions or Espana on Main Street. Have them go rent the old Infusion slash Espana building and people can park in the overflow parking at the, at the old library but it's not appropriate on this little tiny side street of Upas that is surrounded by single family bungalows to put in a bar. So we are, we are all opposed. Okay, I got it. Anybody here need to hear anything else? We have a motion and second to disapprove. Anybody, you ready to vote? Yes. Okay, all those in favor say aye or raise aye. your hand. Aye. One, aye. two, three, four, five. Okay, motion carried. Uh, motion is denied.
approved. Okay, that was C2. And I need a, a motion to amend the morning, uh, zoning ordinance, City of McAllen, to approve. I think we had a couple up there. The All moved. Second. Okay. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Now we need to have another, <coughs> end that public hearing and start another public Hello. hearing. That's the official when we do that. And this is for variance for section 682 of the Code of Ordinances of the Alcoholic Beverage Code for a what? For a meat market. Uh, for oh, a meat market <coughs> to serve beer. To, for takeaway, but yes. Uh, this probably non-on-premise, no on-premise. No on-premise consumption, correct, sir. Is this one of the recommendations you made to make that? Um, Saw this before. No, you saw one in the same plaza, but more to the north. That was for a restaurant that was right. selling beer. beer. This is now a meat market. And it's no on-site Wait, wasn't this the one that was like next to the next to the school where the Walmart was or something like that? No, this is no, the no, one that's no, on no, North. No, no, no. Oh, that's another one. This is on McCall. It's on Trenton. There's one on Trenton. Yeah, that's the, the one, one that's yes. trying to refer to. Yeah. One oh, on okay. Trenton. Gotcha. Right. You know who owns it. Yeah. Okay. My motion to approve because they're just going to sell and go home. Am I right? Correct. It's just for off-premise consumption. It's just for beer. And it's yeah. an existing building store. Correct. Yeah. Yes, motion okay. To my motion approved. I second. Second. Is anyone here to appear in opposition to granting this condition use permit for sale of on, uh, off-site uh, beer and wine, no liquor, um, at 2000 South McCall, McCall Road, Suite M? Okay, hearing no opposition, we have a motion and second. All those in favor, raise your hand. Aye. Opposed, same sign, motion carried. That's the end of the public hearing. And now we'll proceed to the consent agenda. Any items be taken off the consent agenda? Um, if I can make a comment oh. item C without taking it off, I think the utility board needs kudos because almost 100% of their sewer effluent and the north plant goes either to Trace Lagos or to electric companies, and I think they use 100% and they actually need some more sewer. So Mark, I just had, I didn't ask for that to be taken off the agenda. I just made it. <laughs> Anybody taking anything off the agendas? That, that item? That item. Come back, Mr. Omega. I piqued your interest on it or what? No, okay, see, anything it's else? A, it's a very good question. Good afternoon, Mayor Commissioners. Yes, sir. Okay, then. Don't item. move minus that item. Okay, I, uh, two, um, A, a and B1 and D through K. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carried. Okay, C. Uh, is the rate that we're charging uh, the two utilities for the affluent water increasing pro uh, to the previous contract or is it the same rate? Yes, sir. It's actually tripling. So the 20 year contract we had previously was 20 cents for every thousand gallons that we delivered, and now it's 60 cents for every thousand gallons. So it tripled. Are we anticipating yes, the same amount of uh, requirements that they're they're going to need, and is it going to increase over time? We actually they we lowered the minimum amount that they'll take, okay. uh, but it's a 10-year contract with two additional five-year options. So it could be up to 20 years, uh, but the minimum went from 4.1 million gallons a day to about 3.3.4. Uh, so it's slightly decreased. But that's just the minimum amount required right. to uh, to have available for them. So we anticipate they're going to take much more than that. Okay, very good. Yes, sir. I'll make a motion to approve. Okay, motion to approve a second. 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 Okay, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mr. Vega. Yes. Okay, 3A is award of contract for the purchase of one police okay. motor home. Oh, I'm sorry, Mayor. Well, I, I was going to. 
Will you go ahead real fast on this one, and then I got another one. I want to take out of order. Thank most of the people who are here for that. Okay. Okay, motorhome. I had one question. Was 20,000 $20, over budget? Does it have a toilet in there or what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. It's actually a little shorter than the one we uh, purchased about four months ago, but it's got different specifications, different motor, different specifications. Uh, this is a request to uh, replace a 1998 Ford Winnebago with a new 2021 police motor vehicle. The awarded a low bidder was Ancira out of Bernie, Texas for a contract amount of 98000 777.97. The full amount is coming through forfeiture funds, is that correct? No, uh, it is, uh, they have 70,000 budgeted and the remainder is being uh, funded through forfeiture oh, funds, 28,000. 70,000 is budgeted and 28,000 is, is uh, from forfeiture. Okay, so motion to approve. Second. A motion to approve and second any discussion. Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Oh, same sign, motion carried. Thank you. Mr. City Attorney, you said it was 6A? Uh, 6A. I believe that's, yeah. The variance is subdivision process? Yeah. Oh. Okay, 6A. We're going to take that out of order because I think um, everybody raise their hands for here for 6A. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. All righty, so this property is located on the east side of North uh, Ware, approximately 165 feet north of mile 11 and a half. It is located in the ETJ and has been since 1987. Uh, this property measures 10 acres, and the applicant wishes to divide the property by meets and bounds to create two five-acre parcel uh, to gift one for her daughter. This property was uh, before the commission for a variance to not subdivide on the October 12th city commission meeting and was approved for a subdivision variance subject to 40 feet of right-of-way dedication, contractual agreement, compliance with MPU requirements, and a hold harmless agreement. The applicant now wishes to only dedicate 20 feet of right-of-way uh, instead of the required 40 due to the beliefs that the existing house uh, would be too close to the road. There are five options before you. Staff recommends option two, which is just to uphold the previous approval. Um, take it away. And the uh, previous approval is what? Is approval of the subdivision variance with 40 feet of right-of-way dedication. And he's asking for? For only 20. And that's the only thing, contractual agreement, everything else is okay? Yes, sir. I will mention that at the uh, previous city commission meeting, there was no opposition from either the engineer uh, or the applicant on that 40 feet right away. Dedication. Why, why don't we want to give him the 20? I'm just well, asking. We're going to talk about that. Okay. You want to hear from the applicant? Why he only wants 20? Yes. That's going to be only two lots? Yes. I'd like to hear from the applicant why he only is or requesting only 20 feet of right away. What's the address we can? I mean, go ahead. You know, the issue I have is, is if the road's going to go in, then we'll have to condemn the other 10 feet. And pay for it. And pay for it, and you're going to have damage remaining. Well, can I show you? I've got some exhibits I'd like you to look at. Sure. Right. We're not. Huh? We recommended approval of the uh, variance. And okay. He's not approving the variance. Be back in a month. This is on a corner lot, right? It's corner? No? I thought I read one where was a corner. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll Thank you. He's not going to change his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here on behalf of the landowner. Previously, when this was submitted to you, uh, the engineer was, uh, <clears throat> I guess, uh, didn't uh, oppose what your recommendation was. The landowner 
is very new to the process. She, she lives on the ETJ, and as you'll see there on the packet I gave you, the house is uh, 1.6 miles north of Monte Cristo. And according to the, I guess, the, the thoroughfare of the, the, the vision for the future, that they have that road there on North Ware being a 120-foot-wide road, which, and that's a huge road, and that, the chances of that happening in any time in the near future are extremely slim because I've checked, I mean, the largest road in the city of McAllen, you know, is 90 feet. Can I ask you a question? They're, they're widening where they have plans to widen road where right now, and they're the same plans for south of 107. What's the, what's the right of way for that? 120. Okay. So, I mean, that, that there is a, a proposal to go all the way to Monte Cristo with the same 120 feet right away. Huh? Right. It, it's, We're not going to pay 120. I know you're not, but. Yeah, and I mean, I have a question, too, because that's a state, that's not the city requirement, that's a state requirement, and if we were going to pave it, we'd have to get there right away, so 120 is a lot for out there. So if you look at the, the front page of the packet I gave you, yeah. you'll see that on the east side of the road, there are subdivisions close to Monte Cristo, and as you go up, there are some single-family homes. Mm. On the west side of the road, it's strictly farmland. So currently... Um, if you'll go to the second page, currently there's a 20-foot right-of-way that is already there given to the county. If you if she gives an additional 20-foot, which would be 40-foot, uh, that would leave her space for her home. If you take the 40 feet, which you'll see in the, the second picture there, it shows what 60-foot would do. It takes it to her front doorstep. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with you, but I know on um, three mile, if we don't if we don't get what the state requires, then if the road goes in, we have to pay for the right away as opposed to the state paying for it. <coughs> I'm just saying that I don't disagree with you, but that's a, you know it's Monte Cristo's a long way out there. Is, is this property in the city limits or there's no a TTJ? She's not going to request um, annexation in the Great City of McAllen. Pardon me. I said she's not going to request. Well, y'all y'all already annexed on Wallace Road, which would make which is the next road over, which would make much more sense for you all to make that your major thoroughfare because you've already annexed it and it's in the city limits. And it goes straight from Monte Cristo to 490, whereas Ware Road, uh, it stops a mile north of her house. So, I mean, and if you look on the, uh, I don't know if you had a map there, but Wallace, where you've already annexed, it, it goes from Monte Cristo straight up to 490, whereas, whereas <clears throat> Ware right now where her home is, and the road stops, and it dead ends. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, it is an ETJ. I mean, she receives no city services whatsoever. And yeah, the other, as yeah, uh, Mr. Garcia had said, I mean, the ETJ's purpose, as to quote him, it's been the ETJ concept was created by the legislature to promote and protect the general health, safety, and welfare of persons residing in and adjacent to cities, a sort of buffer zone outside the corporate city limits. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, that shouldn't be taken or construed then to take, I mean, someone's home because if you, and what the city was requesting was a deeded 40-foot easement, which would make her home unsaleable. Yeah, so her, her house has already there, been approved, and whatever. 
I mean, the house has been there for. It wasn't in the city. It wasn't even our ETJ. I wouldn't imagine. The ETJ went five miles in uh, 2010. So <clears throat> what we're trying to I mean, we're trying to be amicable and work with the city. But I mean, I think if we give an additional 20 feet, that makes a total of 40. And <clears throat> and then if you got the, the the other side is all farmland, which would make much more sense to if you were going to have to get right away. Yeah. What's a curb to curb then? Yvette, well, but but you, huh? you can't you just realign a roadway to take right away. Well, the curb the curb right now yeah. is ninety. And so if we if we get twenty, then what's that? What's the width of that road? You get twenty on each side. It's forty. What's the existing one? Uh, well, you have forty right now. Okay, if you give twenty, that, that, and the that other makes side 60. gives twenty. That's that, eighty because mm -hmm. they're not going to take it all off. Though I think the idea is you go from the halfway point. You're sixty each way. Right, so I know, yeah. and this would if they give twenty, then it's going to be forty each way, and right. eighty, or yeah, and if they actually can, <laughs> they'll, they'll take it off the other side because they don't want to pay damage remainder. The, the state. Okay, what's the pleasure of the commission? This is not a problem for us right now. It's a problem for the next commission about twenty years from now. Oh, um. <laughs> I said, let that be their problem. <laughs> yeah, let that, that be their problem. Really, you're not talking about <laughs> Roy's face, like, no, no, don't do that. Really <laughs> talking about Mayor, could I, could I jump in here, Mayor? I'm sorry. And Mr. Wilkins and I discussed this, and he met with the staff. We offered a number of, he, he said amicable, and he's right, they, they were amicable. We offered a number of solutions to this other than taking less property because I, I do want to reemphasize that if you do that you will have to take it and given that the house is there you'll end up buying that entire track because you'll have damage as you pointed out to that remainder so it's not just a question of acquiring that extra 20 feet at the time so we offered a number of solutions for example and I think Mark was there if I get this wrong or Mr. Wilkins can comment things like uh, a, a, a time period, a life of the use for a certain amount of time so that they wouldn't have to worry about having to move out of the house that involved license agreements and so forth and, and, and a number of things like that. I, I don't, I, I'm only saying that to say I don't necessarily see this as a binary choice between taking the whole 40 feet or taking 20 feet. There, there were some middle ground I suggestions. Saw the options, but so the life for the use would be for how long? For for our, that person that's living there lives there. We, we, I, I don't know which ones were specifically offered, but those were some of the things that we discussed, that they, would, that they would do something that would not cost your future counterpoints, counterparts, a lot of money, but would allow her to keep her house there mm -hmm. during, during all of that time. And that, I understood that that was the concern. They also have a proportional deal. I mean, normally, I mean, this, this house was built and approved by, I don't know, at the time the road, the county, or whatever it is. And so, I mean, they're, they're not going to put any extra traffic except for one ho one car or two cars yeah, exactly. on the Ware Road. So proportionally, this is, to me, seems an awful, I understand what we're trying to prevent, but an awful big burden on um, somebody for subdividing one lot in the back. Um, you know, I had problems with a 150 feet on, on three mile. I, I, you know, I don't know how you could do that to people. And I, I kind of feel the same way here. Well, Kevin, um, why don't you, before you leave us, meet again and see if you all can add something out? Because we have five, uh, five options, but I kind of agree with the mayor. It's kind of difficult sometimes, especially when it's a two-lot a two subdivision. 
I sure. mean, it's not in the subdivision is not for profit. I mean, the, 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 yeah, it's and that's for one of the issues. I think not only of this one, but other ones. We've it doesn't. Had. It doesn't um, put any burden, existing burden, uh, additional burden on the road as, as there isn't already. And so, you know, there is some Supreme Court rule that says sure, know, that which, which is why we offered some of the, the yeah. matters that we offer, and Did I'm happy to try it again. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have to take another stab at it if you want to. Well, we're on the second try back here, but I mean, what I mean. Basically, if I understand what you're saying, Kevin, is you're content with taking this land from her, knowing that you're going to deprive her of any monetary value for her home. And I hope that's not what you're trying to say to the city, that that's something you all want to do. Because if you take that and you give the right away right up to her front door, she's got an unsaleable house. Yeah. What, what, what would it be? What, right now, your offer is 20 feet? 20 feet. And it, there's a there's a uh, yeah, there's a drawing there of it. So right. you got 53. And what you about, know what? What about I'll 25 feet? Because that would be the normal width of that street, regardless of what happens. And usually, at then you know the state does some things where you allow utilities to go under the street, and that would solve uh, to me. She still has 15 It protects feet. us against the state coming back in and condemning your house or making us do that, and it should meet their requirements because we have situations where we, where we have just the bare right of way, and uh, I know from the PUB experience they sometimes let you put it on the road. Is that okay, an additional five feet? <clears throat> I think she's on the... And Mayor, and just because um, some of the properties like on the south side of, of Ware Road, like between Old 83 and the expressway, some properties were kind of like that where because of the right-of-way, now they're trying to sell, and the land is very small for you to build anything. Right. Because they really got like kind of pushed to it, like it the totally land of the property, them. and yeah. right, it's worthless. Yeah. I, I see where he's coming from. I, I there's just, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, I would recommend if she side. takes a, if an additional five feet, I'd make the recommendation we do that as a mm -hmm. kind of a good compromise. And, she and if the street does get that wide, then the, I think the state, I can't. I can agree to. I mean, <laughs> I know she'll agree to 25 if we can get something resolved. Okay, is that a motion? I'll motion to approve to 25 so that we can resolve it. I'll second. I'll, yeah, I'll approve okay. it um, subject to owner confirming her. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and approval. And just to make, I talked to, uh, I talked to Kevin and I talked to the other attorney back there and they were in agreement of making it, excuse me, a right-of-way easement rather than a deeded right-of-way, so which they said they're the same thing. So right-of-way easement would be fine that way. There's no... Uh, Whatever we, whatever we said we'd do, we'll do. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it includes uh, utilities within that, because if they do put it right away and they don't have enough, you have to put the utilities on the road. Well, that's cool. Yeah, then the, the utilities there are going to be Sherry Land and also. Oh, we don't care. No, yes, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, maybe not. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 As long as it agrees with that she agrees. Post, yeah. Okay. Well, one quick question in the, also in the, in that, First agreement, it had a requirement that it that she comply with all of the uh, McAllen PUB requirements, which we have no problem with as long as they're not contradictory to the people that serve her, because she has no services from McAllen. No, they're not. Well, she will if she has sewer eventually. If a sewer well, there is no sewer. Well, if it runs out there, that's the whole well. Yeah, point. that would be in the future. Yes. But, yeah, that's yeah, the, but that's, that's, that's the so contractual, far the, the contractual agreement that we know we can't serve in the right. CCN that we don't have CCN authority on. So it okay. really relates to sewer, and it probably will say that in the agreement. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Got it. Thank, Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was fun. Now what's the next one? It's been fun <laughs> since we started. <laughs>
Three B is award of contract for the purchase of playground system for municipal park. Good afternoon. This next item is a playground for municipal park. We were able to get a uh, matching grant from uh, Game Time. Uh, we had $100,000 budgeted for this project. Our cost will end up being $44,988 with uh, Game Time providing a match, uh, actually 38.25% at $27,000. Parks and Recreation Department uh, rec recommends approval. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Hernandez. Let's just hope they can use it soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in, the, in, in the memo, it says uh, solicitor by board quote from game time for a two to five year old pay, playground system. What does that mean? Correct. Uh, Age. For ages two to five. We have two different playgrounds oh. at Municipal Park. This would be the one that's uh, dedicated for children between the ages of two and five. It means you're going to be too big to play on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Is that your answer okay? Yes. Okay. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Same sign. Motion carried. C. Thank you. Consideration approval of the design development of Quinta Mazatlan with authorization to proceed to construction documents. Thank you and good, good evening. While you're doing that, I think we need to put that on the internet. On our show. That's a really beautiful design, and we ought to show that so people what's going to happen out there eventually. It is. I'm going to, we have the presentation before you. I have a condensed version of that. Um, that I'll be presenting, and the consultants are um, okay. on Zoom. Um, I think we've all seen it. The question is we go forward with that the final design phase, right? Right. So um, we are at the completion of design development services, and we are proposing uh, approval of that and approval to move into construction documents. I would like to say, if we don't do the presentation, just really quickly, um, the budget is really what is of concern, I guess, at, at this point for approval so that the consultant knows their limits for their design services. Right. Um, so they have uh, an overall estimated construction cost, con construction cost of $24.86 million. Of that, the base bid for the Q uh, Center for Urban Ecology in Palm House is $14.92 million. And then we also have another base bid for the park and ride of $3.5 million. And um, the remaining funds out of that 24.86 are ad alternates. And so when we look at this and we're looking at that fixed limited budget construction cost that we identify in the contract, if it comes in over budget that they would have to redesign, the amount that we're holding them to is uh, $14,921,075. And that's that our, that's our standard process in this type, type of building, same as a civic center and convention. Yes, similar type of process. The ad alternates, they are not required to, to bring those back in because we can select them or not select them, so that would not be fair uh, to the consultants. But on the base bid amount, um, which includes the, uh, the queue, uh, two of the three wings um, for the superstructure, then large palm room, ticket booth, LED, the lead um, upgrades, and um, the awesome space bridge. So if the commission approves this, if I can just, just indulge me just with a couple of slides really quickly, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, we have, the they, we are at the design development stage and they will be moving into construction documents. That time frame is approximately four months. So we would be out um, for bid preparation. Um, the earliest we would be, be out for bid preparation is May of next year. That's okay, we don't have the money yet. Correct. <laughs> that, that's why I'm saying that's the earliest, that's her time frame. And so that's a picture of the overall area. 
Um, the Nature Garden Center, the Palm Room, th these are the, next slide is just a, the showing the ad alternates, which number one is the wings, amphitheaters on the west. We have the number three Skywalk Bridge towards the mansion. Um, number four is the enlarged Palm Room with the reinforced hybrid deck. Um, and number five is the west side improvements. And so we're seeking approval of the, of the design development and authorization to move into construction documents. Like I said, the packet, the information is before you. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Is better on the park and ride component of the overall cost of the project? Is that just where it says park and ride? Is that just like the parking lot? Yes, sir. It is okay. a parking lot. Um, we have coordinated with um, our uh, Metro, uh, McAllen Metro, and obtained FTA funding uh, in the process of obtaining FTA, FTA funding to be able to use that as a park and ride. And so that parking lot is gonna be uh, shared access for the community and for uh, the people using the queue. Okay. It includes uh, bus parking, there's some uh, solar panels, there are, um, we have the the, trail. some, uh, a trail leading up or a covered walkway leading up into the, the Center for Urban Ecology and um, the Palm House. So. That's how I remember that that, that portion might be, I don't wanna fix will anything, be. or will be. Yes. Will be, yes sir. L uh, FTA eligible. Yes, yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. And actually, the way we have it set up with the consultants is that's a separate base bid, and so that could bid separately. Um, as soon as we have that funding um, in place, we can actually prepare to bid out that section of the project separate from the remainder of the project. In one of the renderings, there's that skywalk that leads back to the main building, or yes. what it is now, but that's not part of the actual... Well, right now, you have it as an alternate, right? The skywalk that leads back to the building is a is an alternate, yes, sir. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. Okay. So at any alternate. point we can make adjustments and... So at this point, um, because we are moving into construction documents, we are moving forward with what we have. Our adjustment period was prior to this. Okay. We presented this to the Quinta board as well. So they've seen the full version of this. The design team, um, Megamorphosis, Overland and Tonight did the presentation. And so they, they saw this complete presentation. So they're ready. They're yes. ready. The next item for us is after we get them back in and decide whether to go out to bid. And of course, that's going to be on funding. And then if the bid's coming higher, then we got the process for um, redesign. What do you call it? Design. What do they call that? We get the cheaper to. Value engineering. Value, Value engineering. engineering. Yeah, that's that's, really, I that's instead of a 25 year Absolutely. condition, you get a 15 year conditioning. <laughs> And you forget about it until 15 years up, and they say, oh, the warranty's over. Okay. That's one term right Okay, I'll, we have a motion to, to approve the proceeding to the construction documents phase. Motion to approve. Second. second. Motion to second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank D. You. We know so about that. Is possible action regarding emergency repair of recycling. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Motion second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. E is consider authorization to execute amendment number two to the interlocal agreement with Hidalgo County for CARES Act funding. Good evening. The item before you is a consideration of the second amendment. The amendment indicates a revised period of performance through December 1st um, and it includes the submission of the set aside budget form, Exhibit C. No change is required for the budgeted amount. It is agreed in the initial interlocal. However, execution of the amendment will allow staff to remit the required documentation and access approximately $2.5 million in set aside. So should you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. 
Okay. Your recommendation is staff. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Okay. Any discussion? Turn in. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Both same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. 4A is providing for a budget amendment to cover a one-time payment to city employees. Is that why all the employees are out here? <laughs> I bet. I'm surprised for, there isn't any more. Item. Is that why y'all are here? <laughs> <laughs> I believe, though, in this. God, yes. In this, in 4A, though, I think that we need to include the city manager because I don't believe he's included in this. I agree. Oh, don't put him in. So uh, during the budget process, we, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, compensation for city employees. And we decided that due to the fact that we had a lot of uncertainties at the time, uh, we didn't do it. We, in the original budget, we had a 2% cost of living adjust adjustment for employees. And as we continued the budget process, we became very conservative, both on the re uh, revenue and the on the expense side. By the end of the process, we recommended that we eliminate that, and we did. And uh, as we discussed in the budget process, we said, let's see how we're doing in the first and second quarter. Um, and so what I'm bringing before you, Mayor and Commission, is, uh, is a one-time payment uh, for city employees. That would obviously help them. Uh, they've gone through the same year that everybody else has. I think the city, the mayor and the city commission did a great job this year in reaching out to our community to helping businesses to helping people uh the chamber uh, housing authority and so on and uh, we've got 2,000 employees with families that have gone through the same thing and so you know this recommendation is is really based on very simplistic information and that's how we did on revenues and expenses for the 1920 fiscal year if we set aside everything else including cares funding this we were over five million dollars to the black uh, as as we finish the budget if you include cares funding well then you're you're doing really well but uh as you recall the memo that i put together to the commission about a month ago was based on our experience uh up to that point and so i feel very confident about how we're moving forward and um, we recommend staff recommends that we provide a one-time payment to the city employees uh, this next payroll and it does in fact exclude the city manager I I make to is the recommendation one and a half percent is that what one and a half percent okay. yes. one or one and a half one and a half, one and a half. two options it's two options one percent and one and a half percent oh and to be clear the 1.3 million is oh, for all departments including um, outside agencies so it's really one million dollars to the general fund this doesn't cover police, right, or fire? Or yes. It does cover yes. police yeah. and fire? Yes, sir. Okay. Sure there does. Was, I, don't, I don't think we know what the future holds next year, but we do know this year. And if we can help out, I think we should. I agree. I would make a motion for option one, including the city manager. Second, to include the city manager. Ah. I heard I you. <laughs> Well, the yeah, only problem with the city manager is to work Make sure you know city. what's in <laughs> yeah. Before we go forward, we do have several people who want to speak on this yes. item. Okay. Mr. Um, uh, Pescador, you got three minutes, sir? Uh, come on, please. Everybody else is getting more than three minutes. Well, there's people. Those people had specific um, uh, public hearings. Mine are specific. Mine are very specific. Okay. So I know a lot of people work hard. And you said 2,000 families. Well, the city of McKinley has more than 2,000 families that have been affected with no fringe benefits, no comp time, some of them no unemployment. 
The city has shut down some, some uh, businesses have been shut down by the city. Some. And I find it discriminating because I know firsthand the people that do your water and your sewer. I know them firsthand that they run to the gas stations to use the restroom, that they run to the fast food restaurants to eat, that they eat in their vehicles, that they buy their own hand sanitizers. So those people that are making 25,000 are gonna get $250, and the people making 60,000 in a nice building like this are gonna get $600. So you're discriminating against people like me, that are citizens of McAllen, that have undergone the same situation. And many are discriminated against the people that provide us water and sewer. Think about that next time you're going to take a shower. Those people eat in their vehicles, okay? Those people you can find at the gas stations all over McAllen using the restrooms. And you're just gonna give them 1%? Can I respond to that? Yes. So first of all, we've, um We've helped a lot of families in the city of McAllen. I'm very proud of what the mayor and the city commission has done this year uh, with COVID funds. Thousands of people have been helped and, and hundreds and hundreds of families. Through this budget, I can only take care of 2,000 city employees, and that's what I'm trying to do here. The people that, that do water and sewer, they're included in this 1.5%. And so, you know, what we do when we go through the budget process is we try to have a balance. Um, most years, most municipalities across the state of Texas and the United States go on a percent basis. That's the way the world works. A few years ago, though, when we were in a similar situation, I was concerned about the people in the middle to the lower end of the spectrum in the city of McAllen uh, organization. And so we made a recommendation that we do a one-time across-the-board uh, uh, allotment of money instead of percent because we were concerned about those folks. And so, Mr. Pescador, what I can tell you is that we try to balance every year. And so I can assure you that everybody in this organization is going to be thankful for whatever we do. Okay. And again, and these are the people that are getting their free money. So if I was getting free it's money, free money sir. I would be on my knees. Okay. Well, yeah, please. You guys already control your channel. Come on, don't control me. I, I'm not one of you guys, okay? There are more families in need in McAllen than city employees. They made a decision to work here. Just like I'm making a decision to be here for free. All of you employees have made a decision to stay working here, all of them, all of them. I don't think anybody here has been coerced to stay here. So based on that decision, we're getting compensated, okay? So when you're giving away free money, they're going to applaud. And some of them deserve more than that because some of them I actually have had good conversations with, productive. But you're giving away money that could be used for benches, for the old lady on 10th Street waiting for the bus, okay? For people that, that don't have access to food as we speak. I have had not had dinner because I'm here, but there's families in McKellen that will not have dinner because they have no money, okay? And you're giving away money and then you hide it. I think you hide it under an ordinance. Why not put it out on Facebook? 
Why not make a big parade that the city employees are getting free money? Why not? This, this is the Why way hide you, it under the ordinance? This is the way you have an expenditure that you didn't budget for. Okay, this is state law. I didn't make this stuff up. Why not promote it to the citizens? Why do we have do to find it? Right. right, isn't that a back and forth? Go ahead, Mr. I'm not upset. I'm just a common citizen. The time after time, end up having to find out things a hard way. When I have sent emails begging for information, and then y'all get upset. The only thing I'm doing is bringing awareness to the citizens of McCallie. That's it. Never a bad word, never lose my temper, ever. Ever. Even if I don't like what I'm hearing, I will never call anybody any names. Unless you're on your phone. Thank okay. you. Thank you, sir. Uh, we also oh. have a Mr. Tyson. Tyson Boyko. I may be pronouncing B O I K O. I got it for 4A right now. Oh. oh. Okay. Okay, that's it. Uh, we have a motion and second. <coughs> Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carried. B is consideration of possible approval of an ordinance amending C3 and C3L zoning districts. Alrighty, so this ordinance before you um, makes changes to where vape shops and liquor stores are allowed and how they're permitted. This comes about from a couple of rezonings that we brought before you um, last month and the month before that. Uh, so specifically, the ordinance would prohibit vape shops in C3L, which is light commercial, uh, but would allow them under C3, general business, with a conditional use permit. Uh, the ordinance would also allow liquor stores selling for off-premise consumption under C3L with a conditional use permit, and they've already been allowed uh, in C3 by right. Uh, the ordinance comes with recommendations of, of approval from the Ordinance Review Committee as well as Planning Zoning Commission. We are recommending approval. I've got a question from the Ordinance Review Committee. I can understand, you know, why we're taking the vapes up to C3, but I, I don't know why we would be bringing the liquor down to C3L while we're making it, uh, while we're doing that change. Because these are off-premise uh, consumption? It's a retail store that it's a typically retail closes store. by 9. You're not drinking it on the premise. And it would only be through a conditional use permit, so it wouldn't be by right in C3L. So any liquor store that wants to open under C3O would, would come before you. Yeah. Right. So it allows okay. you to be a little more strategic in where right. you want to allow so that. Well, yeah, but then that becomes a difficult issue to do. I mean, isn't C3L more of the neighborhood type retail center, right? So right C2 is neighborhood commercial. C3L is just um, kind of a mixture between office and a little bit of retail. Um, so you're not talking about restaurants. You're not talking about medical uh, plazas, stuff like that. So it's kind of an intermediary between a neighborhood commercial C2 and a general business C3. Yeah, the, the concept was we thought next to a school, probably more kids would be likely to vape, which is bad for them, to go in and try to buy liquor. So it could be, it's much easier to do and probably more enticing. You don't see any liquor as you see a lot of vaping ads and all that. So that's, that's why we couldn't understand why you can have a vape store right next to a school but not a packaged liquor store. Yeah. I don't think we should have either one. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? Do I have a motion? Motion to approve. 
Okay, motion approved. There's a second. Second. Okay. Any further discussions? Hearing all those in favor, say aye. 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 How about, raise your hand. I don't have oh, sorry. <laughs> One, two, three. You? Four. Opposed. Five. Okay, motion carried. Okay. You opposed too, right? Yeah, you might proposed. be opposed. <laughs> Let the record reflect Commissioner Quintanilla. Uh, let me and, ask you a question. And Veronica. Do you, you think it's okay to have a vape shop next to a school without a community no. use permit? We're opposing. Well, that's what this did. It, it's well, no, I was, I was in favor of one, not the other. Okay. I, I, oh. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted an explanation. Okay. Okay. D. But we opposed it, didn't we? Uh, we're on uh, item C. Yes, sir. The next four are uh, amendments no to the CDBG and Home Action Plan for several yeah, uh, different take all years. We take all that once. C. Sure. D, E, and F. Because yes, they're all the same. Just different locations, but all the same principle. That's correct. Yes. So just go. Just a summary, please. So the first one is actually to provide um, balances to create a South Ware Road Safe Routes project. It would allow landscaping on along Ware Road from Colbath to Jordan. On the second one, we would take funds and create the Elena Avenue sidewalk improvement project. For phase two, it would connect um, Elena Avenue between Ware Road and South 23rd Street, essentially to get to Roosevelt Elementary School. In 2017, we would create Suarez Park to again provide Parks amenity, a new parking lot, and playscapes. And then the final one would take money um, that was unused from Habitat for Humanity and provide it to the Public Housing Authority for COVID-19 improvements, as well as um, provide funding for the satellite parking lot office um, for women together to improve their parking lot and to change some of the projects that had short shortfalls in their beneficiaries, um, including... I'm sorry, that one I would have to read. Including Boys and Girls Club, Comfort House, Shoe Bank, United Way, and Women Together. All of them cited that because of COVID and closures, they weren't able to meet the proposed beneficiaries that they would have normally done. I move to approve. Second. Are we approving all, all at the same time, or y'all yes. gonna approve each one individually? All, all, at the same. All, all at the same time? Okay, all those in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. All those all right. opposed, same sign? Thank you. All right, all four have been approved. Thank you. All right, our next one is 5 5A, 5A is consideration and approval <coughs> of pledge to participate in the Texas, It's Time Texas Community Challenge. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Uh, we are the three-time champions of the It's Time Texas Community Challenge. This is an eight-week challenge that encourages healthy habits. <laughs> um, and the city with the most points gets an $1,800 grant. We have won the past three years and have been awarded $5,400. Uh, this year, the official challenge starts January 4th and runs through February 28th, 2021. From now through January 3rd, you can register for the challenge before it starts and get a total of 750 points, which includes a 250-point bonus. Last year, we registered over 4,000 people in McAllen. We logged more than 14,000 minutes of physical activity lost more than 480 pounds, and we would like to get you all registered tonight. So there's a form that's being passed out. Where Just put it? your first name, last name, your email, and we'll collect that after the meeting. And, and I, um, I challenge all city commissioners to have a contest again, and uh, we'll have to come up with the rules. Uh, yeah. Wait, who won last year? Yes, did, did you say eating contest? I think the mayor won last year. <laughs> who won last year? That you said almost eating won. contest, right? I almost won. <laughs> you said eating contest? Yes. I think Sebi and I, I ended up I didn't 480 pounds, <laughs> 
I take the challenge. Okay, everybody's challenge. We'll you know what? I'm going to start working out, so I'll take it. Okay. And, um, last year's prize went to the Boys and Girls Club, just in case you wondered what we did that. Okay. I already did. I already played. All right, thank That's you. That's it? Yes. To so encourage our citizens because we, um, uh, we always do very well as a valley. Yes. And it's Harlingen uh, won two or three years. And, uh, right. Yeah, we had the most points in any city in the state. Yeah. So that's we've always won, we've been the highest in the state, even beat Dallas and those yes, other. Yes, for the past three years. So we yes. plan on doing the same this year for the 2021. Okay. So that's just information. We don't have to vote on that, or do we? It's yes. a red solution. Yes. There's a well, hashtag, right, okay. that we have to do? Yeah. Then the motion to, motion to pass a resolution to participate in this time, Texas, for the city of McAllen. So moved. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. We, we did 6A, six uh, six, 6B. 6B is consideration of a variance to waive the paving and drainage requirements for Red Rose subdivision. Yes, sir. Red Rose subdivision is a two-lot residential subdivision located at the northeast corner of Ruth Road or 29th Street and Chapin Road. As part of the subdivision process, they are required um, to build or escrow for the paving and drainage improvements um, along 29th Street or Ruth Road. And we have an estimate for that cost of $23,406.62. And that is um, to meet the ultimate uh, pavement width of 65 feet on both sides. They're only required for their half, their share of the improvements. And on Chapin Road, it's $86,196.06. And that is uh, for the ultimate um, width as well there. They, their portion would be 32 and a half feet of pavement um, and curb and gutter on Chapin. Uh, staff recommends uh, disapproval of their variance request. The, the uh, engineer representing the property owner had requested um, to not escrow any uh, funds. Staff rec is recommending disapproval. City manager, I noticed you had a different recommendation. 50% uh, of the cost reimbursable if not used in 10 years? Right. Well, you know, I know that we've struggled with... Uh, you know these assessments and I understand it you know because they're big dollars and I know the staff struggles with it also and so one of the things that you know the department head and the assistant city manager Michelle and I have talked about is we really need to um, do some due, due diligence when we're making a recommendation on how you know how likely are these improvements going to be made and when right. and so you know when they're you know 10 or well maybe 10 is okay but 15 or 20 years from now, it just sounds unreasonable for us to start uh, to take money for something that may or may not happen, and may, maybe not even in the lifetime of the person paying. Right. And so if you're struggling with this, I'm, I'm suggesting that we take 50% of it and reimburse it in 10 years if we don't, if we don't use it. I'm always struggling when it's uh, like a two-lot subdivision, especially in an area like that. I think that's the area that's gonna start growing However, uh, I mean, nothing, uh, most families, it's going to be difficult for them to do, what is it, 50, 55,000? Or, so I think we need to, yeah, like you say, really sit down and work on something. Kevin, could we do something that runs where the land should, should they sell or escrow? in time or what other options could we possibly look at because oh, i know i'd have to think about it. you mean to the individual lot owners correct so um, in previous re requests um 
for this particular one, they asked us for no no uh, well, participation. But we've done license agreements where if the city comes in, um, they would be required to participate with that cost. In other words, at the point that they come in and we're within a certain distance, they'd be required to do it at that time and pay yeah. their share. What, and so it puts it off. Like the, we do the now. cost at that time or predetermined? At that time. Oof. The actual cost. So you'd be doing the actual cost. Can but we, we can also do a license agreement with a set amount now. Agreement I mean, normally is no one wants the unknown in 15 years. We've done, I, there's one license agreement that I saw that's really rare, but where we gave them a certain amount of time frame, like 10 years to pay it, or um, where we, they pay a certain amount each year. Um, we've seen, we've that's had better. different variations. See, and really that's kind of what I'm looking at, but now the problem is kind of like Roy says, what if they pay over 10 years and then nothing's done? Well, it's reimbursed so that for the 10 still, years. Right. Right, no, so, and, and these, these assessments that we do for subdivisions, whenever we do any of the subdivisions, they're not paid back. The city takes them and we'll use them and we'll use them for improvements in that area. And so it's not, um, they're, they're not returned. It, it's in lieu of you doing the improvements that you're required to do um, through the subdivision process because we're supposed to have paved roads, we're supposed to have drainage, water, sewer. In this case, I'm responsible for paving and drainage. It's in lieu of you doing that, you put the money to cover what you were supposed to do. Could we do some kind of agreement that they would be responsible at a future time, should, uh, whenever it's going to happen? That's what you had mentioned. And, and at that certain point in time, kind of like Sebi says, at today's dollars instead of then. I guess it'd be kind of similar. Yeah, I, I haven't seen something, something done at, at today's dollars, what I've seen because state law, but this is when you're building, allows us to participate um, up to 30%, right? So it may be, it could, that could be worked into the agreement that says up that the city would participate with up to the the 30%, so you'd have Which a reduction. Which would reduce their cost about 15. Right, so it wouldn't set a dollar amount, but it would keep us uh, within the state requirement, mm -hmm. and maybe that's a way to, to reduce the amount as an option. Why wouldn't you do it like we do, like a water or sewer con contract? You know, that's 300 feet. Well, this would be, if it, once it's in front of the property, that they have to do it or we have a lien on the, a modified lien on the property that way and you don't have to worry about it they could sell it and somebody buys it knows that they're going to have to uh, right. actually pay that you don't have to put any money down now and we're protected because i think if we start doing these we're going to start precedences for the next one or next one and so well lien is uh, i think that's the best way to protect it because mm. you can almost forget about it um, yeah. Until it becomes necessary, and it, and right. it runs with the land, but it's it's we got a new form, a that's a little less objective because title companies accept right. it. But right. I think that's what we ought to do. And if if they're out there and it, and it you know they're going to have a if it's a fifty thousand dollar lot now when that gets sub when that gets sub the road goes out there it's going to be worth a lot more. About more than that. Yeah. So yeah. can we do that? What's yes, Mayor. I think you're talking about the contractual agreements right. that we do now. Yeah. And that would work. It runs with the land. We record it with the County, so. yeah. But we would still want an expiration date, right? No. No? No. Just Whenever we do it. It's theirs, it's theirs. I mean, they... 30 years? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a motion. Oh. Well, do you want to hear from the applicant? Or... Well, I don't, I don't think, think this is better than better. nothing. Not, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Roy's recommendation. <laughs> you want to come better up, for him. sir, you're the applicant? <laughs> you understand? Maybe uh, we need to explain to you what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and anyway, my, my name is Ricardo Ramos. I'm from Edinburgh. Well, was from Edinburgh until I got annexed to McAllen. And, and it's an honor to be here, Mayor Darling, in the commission. 
And um, we've been living there for 23 years, 24 years. And my kids all grew there. We, we had our grandma raising them too. And, and just to come in and we, for our son to come and ask us, Dad, we want to build there for y'all with, with, in your property. It's, that's a beautiful thing, you know, to have the family united. And then we, we go through the process and mind me, we, I don't know, I'm not familiar with all the details and, and especially everybody told me, McAllen, McAllen, it's okay, it's, it's good, McAllen's good. So then we find out, we get thrown all these uh, amounts, you know, 80,000, then 20,000 and oh my God, we're not building a subdivision and we're, we're not planning on, on selling. I mean, we're there and that's where we're gonna stay. And just to bring your kids uh, that wanna, and actually uh, I wanna congratulate my daughter-in-law and uh, my son as the, we're gonna have our first grandchild. And um, just to have them, uh, and we're just asking, actually I'm just here to, to ask for support and, and some help and in this process, I mean, we want our sons to, to go next to us too. And I know we, we looked more into you know, details and things like that. Uh, I, I'm sure we can come up with something that y'all can help us on. And we just came for support. So that's what we're trying to do. I think uh, what makes it difficult a lot of the times is that it's only two lots. Mm -hmm. when, it's, when you have 100 lots or so, it's easier to divide everything. But this is a little different. So mm -hmm. I think uh, hopefully you agree that the commission is really trying to help you out. Yeah, let's, let's vote on this and have them explain it to you. And if you don't like it, you can always come back. It's not, it's not that big of an yeah. issue. But that, I think this will accommodate what you need to do and what we need to do to protect the taxpayers from that. Sure, standpoint. sure. And, okay. and uh, we're okay. willing to comply. So there will be no okay. cash up front, so you don't have to worry about yeah, that. No yes. Okay. All right. So that's a motion that you made on the contract. Yeah, someone. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign motion carries. And the city attorney's office will get uh, meet with you right now if you want. And, and <laughs> you may come running back in. And by the way, welcome to McAllen. Yes. <laughs> and I'm jealous because my kids want to go away as far as possible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So that's it, manager report. We're at 7E, review of drainage projects and flood impacted areas. 7E. And that was on the workshop, Mayor. So, yeah, we've got so many items that we, as you've noticed, we put them on both. So we try to right. make some headway. If I can get this this going. So you may notice this presentation may be somewhat familiar. I, I um, wanted to uh, present to you. I think there were some questions asked. You know, what are some areas that um, were impacted by the recent rains through uh, Hannah? that we don't have drainage projects in that maybe we need to consider uh, those areas. So I'm taking the, a presentation that I had um, developed previously and kind of just reviewing that and we can identify what those areas are. So in 2018, as you may recall, we had 2,700 uh, approximately uh, damaged cases and that's the map on the side that shows um, areas that were, that shows basically like clusters of areas where um, it we had rain and so you could, kind of more or less easily identify those areas that were impacted. For 2020 though, um, when you look at the map, and these are the areas that are in green, you look at it's kind of more sporadic. There might be a couple of clusters here and there, but 
Um, what's different with the two rain events is that for 2018, we had a lot more wind damage. And so that is more spread out. Um, and we didn't have the amount of damage from flooding in the homes as we had in the 2018 floods. And some of that has to do with we, we were able to complete um, a few of the projects, uh, one in particular for Westway and um, the uh, RDF out in Rancho as well, um, at least the first phase of that. And so you, you do see some of that um, show up in these um, areas as well. And so when we look at these, uh, we had approximately 357, which is a significant difference versus the 2018 floods. And then, like I said, a lot of them have to do more with wind damage than flood damage. But what we, what we were able to do with this rain event was identify the areas um, along roadways that were flooded. Because even though we might not have flooding in the homes in some of these uh, subdivisions, we did notice that there are a significant number of roadways that we necessarily didn't capture from 2018. And so on the map, those uh, light colored blue lines are those roadways that we closed due to flooding. And so some of that is what we're going to um, need to focus our efforts now going forward. Um, and some of that involves coordination with other agencies for those roads. So when we look at um, these areas in, in the map before you again, the, the blue are the roadways that we shut down uh, due to flooding. And the green was the most recent rain event for 2018 that we received um, some notifications on. And then the red are the proposed projects that we have in those zones. So when we look at that particular um, one, we're looking at regrading that uh, ditch on the north side of Balboa and um, the drainage district is working on that and installing a gravity outfall in addition to the pump station. We're looking at a Sarah Avenue bypass along the south side, um, sorry, along Sarah Avenue. The design consultant has already finished <clears throat> that design and we are preparing to go out to bid for that project. Um, we're looking at improvements on the Sarah Ditch and Benson Ditch um, going up north and um, the excavation of an RDF on the north side of the wastewater treatment plant. Um, and we're also looking at the Balboa uh, Sluice Gates uh, rehabilitation. The consultant is approximately 75% complete with that design. We've been reviewing and going back with comments. So we'll be out with that project. Um, I have December, but it's going to take us probably until January to get that uh, out to bid. And so we're making some progress on, on those projects. Um, some of them are not funded. Um, the Sarah and Benton is not funded. However, we did apply recently for a grant opportunity that opened up um, for that RDF. So we're hopeful that we'll be able to get that construction funded. The design is currently underway. And so that, that has been funded with a drainage utility fee. The new projects in, these air, in this particular area, we're looking at Ware Road. Um, we noticed that there was significant flooding on Ware Road that did not allow um, especially the truck traffic that's coming out from the industrial area um, passage on Ware Road because it was underwater. Um, so we are going to be looking at uh, various options, including the possibility of elevating those seg that segment of Ware Road um, south of the golf course that um, uh, is at a lower elevation where it crosses the Mission Inlet and um, looking at the possibility of raising that. Um, we applied as well for a grant project for that um, recently. Um, so then another area that we have, again, is we're calling it the Southeast Zone, going to go through those projects, same, same map, 2nd Street and Byron Nelson, that has um, already been awarded. It's in the list of projects, and the, work, the contractor's working down um, that construction. The um, El Rancho RDF, the phase one was completed with a grant. Um, we have another phase um, that we have under the TERS um, for the final phase and a pump station for that. 
Um, El Rancho, um, the road itself and drainage improvements around the road are also under the turf. <coughs> and then we're working with the drainage district for a culvert across Jackson. That's, that's on their list. New projects in that area for consideration. Again, these primarily we're going to be focusing on roads 23rd, McCall, um, and even Jackson. Um, that kind of borders with FAR, but we're still considering that one as well. Um, elevating at the Mission Inlet, those were impassable. And so when we have residents on the south side that are trying to get across, if you imagine they're, if they have a home on the south side, they try to cross Jackson, they can't. They can't cross McCall. They can't cross 23rd. Um, we have 10th uh, that was passable, although a portion of it may have been impacted as well. And then we also have our road. So we're really limited on that south side to get traffic across um, for, this, for these types of events. Um, these are TxDOT roads, so we will be, well, sorry, McCall is not a TxDOT road, but the rest are TxDOT roads, so we'll be coordinating with TxDOT um, for those improvements. In the Central West Zone, again, we do have uh, quite a, a few projects in this area. And again, if you notice the, the green dots that show the various areas, I, I think for the most part, when we look at, and when I'm looking at drainage projects, it's mostly where we see them grouped. Um, that's where we can identify that there are probably several homes that were impacted and, and most likely that was rain. So we're gonna be looking at some of those, but for the most part, we do have uh, a project in that area um, that should assist with those drainage improvements. And so for that, we're looking at um, Pecan and 27th. That's, um, that was completed through an HMGP uh, grant. Vine and 48 has been completed. We have 43rd Street Bypass um, that's actually under construction. And then we have Quince, a phase two and Quince and 27th. And those are under design. Um, we're working with uh, staff and a consultant for those projects as well. Central East Zone. Um, again, uh, these are uh, some of these projects have been completed. Westway Heights most notably is one of them. And um, actually on the south side with Kennedy um, and then by uh, 2nd Street, that area, that project on southeast side of, of that map has been completed as well. Um, mentioned Westway, we have the Kennedy Project, Bicentennial Blue Line, the bridge reconstruction that's under uh, construction right now. 7th and Highland has been completed. Pecan and 4th, sorry about that. RDF, that's uh, one that uh, is pending uh, through the TERS. Harvey and Maine and 12th and Esperanza were completed through the bond. Um, so this sec section in the Northwest zone, this is an area that uh, we do have some work to do and we have projects that have been identified. These uh, were not necessarily shown in our plan, but we have modified, we have design consultant working on these designs already. They um, started gathering you know, the information that they needed through survey and they are preparing uh, plans for those areas. So we're working diligently with a consultant on those projects. Um, Torres Acres um, is one that's funded through the drainage utility fee. The consultant is approximately 90% done with that project, the design. And then the Northwest Blue Line improvements, most notably that's a larger project that's under uh, construction funded through the bond. That's where we've ex expanded that scope to include drainage improvements along 33rd. Um, we're also amending to um, include drainage uh, surrounding Baseball Park and then Verdeen. And so that's a, a more comprehensive uh, look of, at that area. And the Northwest RDF, construction of a new RDF just north of the Northwest PD is uh, under design still as well. And so um, that's one that's forthcoming for the bond. I believe that's the last bond project um, that has not been awarded for construction all, mm, I think all except for that project. No, I'm sorry. We have some um, 
a project to gather data and to get elevations along the ditches that we need to, to move forward with as well. Um, but that would be the, the last project that needs to go out for construction um, from the bond. The rest have um, been awarded um, and or are under construction or have been completed. Um, so then we have this uh, northeast zone. Um, these are those various projects under the bond. Uh, Dove Avenue, Martin Avenue Bypass. Um, Dove is under construction and, and we're gonna be hearing some comments once we get across Oregon across Second Street, because I'm going to have to close Second Street to get that project done um, along Dove. Uh, Fourth and Sunflower is the next project that is going to be starting construction as well. Um, they are uh, scheduled to start this month, uh, later this month. So we'll be seeing um, uh, some work in that area. That is one uh, neighborhood that has been severely impacted with previous events as well. Um, Primrose at Bicentennial. Um, again, that's been awarded Northgate Lane drainage improvements. That is actually a FEMA grant. Um, we have we have heard that we're getting the letter of authorization for that. <laughs> We've been waiting for it. Um, I was hoping we'd get it this year, but it doesn't look like it. Maybe January. And so, as soon as we get released, that project is actually going to be funded 100%. Um, it was funded through uh, FEMA, and then the state matched the ARP, which was supposed to be our city's match. The state ended up matching that, that amount. So we're just waiting for that authorization, authorization to get started. Um, Gardenia and 12th, Maine and Jay, and the Northeast McAllen uh, projects are funded through the drainage utility fee, and those are all under design right now. And so what are our, our next steps? So we're completing the construction projects um, under the bond drainage utility fee. Um, we have not made uh, significant progress on the TERS, but that's going to be our next step there, picking up uh, that funding and getting started with, with design for those projects. We're going to continue to seek uh, funding for our remaining projects uh, using uh, HMGP or FEMA grants that become available or CDBG grants that become available um, to do those projects and working with TxDOT for drainage. Yes, sir. Yeah, I don't remember seeing a report on, you're talking about the tours along the expressway. What's, what's their balance? What do we have in that account? Yeah. Um, perhaps we can come back and, and do a, a presentation on that because I know we had, um, for the first year, there was an amount that had already been identified. We just have not, um, my staff, myself, have not proactively um, started moving on that because there we're getting caught up. There has been a whole bunch of construction along in there, I don't think, in the last couple of years. I mean, significant. No, but there was enough to do. I, we were able to identify for sure two projects, maybe even three with the amount that was there. Okay. Um, and then what we're also looking at is reviewing and updating our drainage standards and our stormwater detention standards. Um, we'll go through that real quick. So in 2018, uh, NOAA released a study publishing new precipitation frequency data um, for Texas. The last time that it was done was in 98 through the USGS. Um, this new study, they refer to it as Atlas 14, and it updates rainfall data through 2017. It's more accurate than our previous one because um, we have uh, much more data they've collected through recent years, and um, they have improved data collection methods. So they've been taking um, all of these rainfalls, rain events that have been occurring. They did it across the U.S., and um, they came up with new curve new curves for rainfall. So what some cities have, have seen is it made adjustments to the 100-year event. And so if I can just uh, do a quick uh, update or a reminder, 
the 100 year event, the way we refer to it, it's the probability of a rain occurring, the probability of that occurrence in any given year is 1%. That's what we refer to as a 100 year event. And so that probability, because we have had more intense rain events um, from the data that's been collected, um, they've adjusted um, what that uh, intensity is for various areas. And it's more precise, the, the data collection that they use. And so I just kind of wanted to run through um, very briefly because we are going to be studying this and it's going to be, uh, hopefully I'm going to be doing a, a much longer presentation um, on this and the impact to the city is kind of just a very brief introduction to it. Um, for our city, it does not impact us significantly. Um, for, for other cities, they have seen where their 100-year event um, went up several inches, and so it is impacting them when they do their design. Um, I just wanted to bring this forward and just say there is an impact to the way we are doing design. They have updated data, and so we're going to be analyzing it, reviewing it, and making updates to our uh, drainage standards. How does that affect your gathering line? So you, you have a gathering line for X amount, and then you're adding new subdivisions and you, knew, you use these new figures and so you're enlarging that, that new drainage, right, system. Mm -hmm. So how's that impacted your, your ability to take that water into your overall system down the road that you've already designed under the old standards? So, I mean, your, your drain line, it's the size that it is, is all the capacity that it can take, right? So th that's not going to change. What does change is the analysis and, and whether you determine that that line needs to be made larger or not. Well, or I'm whether saying. you need an additional You can have pipe. a lot of money to have redo, especially in the newer parts of town that are connected to older parts of town. Yes. So it be a significant So cost. that's what, exactly, that is what it would impact, what those outfalls might be. But from, my, from what I've seen preliminarily, there is a, a minimal impact in, in our area. So we'll be, like I said, we'll be analyzing that and bringing that forward as our, as our next step for our drainage review. That's what part of what we're doing in the old part of town is enlarging those lines that were... Yes, because they support more drainage than they originally intended to. So, did you questions? see how many how many inches of rain we got in eighteen and in twenty? Do you know? I do have the information. I just don't recall it, but I can get that for you. Actually, we had I had it in the previous presentation. I just took it out for this one, um, but I'll I'll get that for you. Okay. I know we had um, I want to say closer to the five hundred year for the twenty eighteen, and we were like at the two fifty. 250 year for 2020, 100 or 250. But I'll get you that data. So, so any, any idea of how many structures you think would have gotten water damage if, if that had been equal as far as rainfall? That, that's how, a, how much do you think our capacity with obviously withheld and, and was handling the water? You're saying in comparing one, one event to the other? Yeah, just comparing rainfall, because I know the majority of damage in 2020 was the wind, uh, primarily, right? We assessed the, the falling right. poles and tree branches. And in 2018, I believe most of the damage was, was water in the homes right. damaging property. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if the same level of rainfall had hit in 2020 after much of the improvements had been made, it's probably near I think it was to assess, less. It w I think it was less in 2020. The amount of rainfall that we had was was less in 2020. Yeah. And uh, something that uh, I think interestingly enough to note as well, in 2018, we had had rain prior to, um, and so it was already the ground was already saturated. saturated. Yes. 
and, and that that plays a big a big role in that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, is that executive session or is that, yes? Is yeah. That up yeah. To yeah. Well, it's a separate item, but I would request that it be passed and acted on after the executive session. Okay. We'll pass that. G is report on CARES Act, uh, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, the only thing that I'll add to prior discussions is the county has approved all six of our initial applications, and the uh, the uh, action that you took on 3E to amend our uh, interlocal with the county allows us to to be reimbursed the two million six hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars. So hopefully is. As soon as uh, they have their approval, uh, within hopefully a matter of days, we should get that checked. Have maybe, we received a, a report on where the county is on their expenditures and where they're going to meet the December 31st um, deadline? So their county expenditures on yeah. CARES? Yeah. CARES funds? Do we know? I don't know. I have no idea. It'd be interesting. I mean, we're had, we've got two weeks left. Yeah, if they have to... If they have to return it and don't have expenditures, it'd be great if they approved the, the added right. applications. Right, and, and that's a good point because we've got applications seven and eight pending after six. Yeah. Yes, and those have already been spent. On our part, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. that, I mean, if they need to plug it in, we could we could sure well, I send it back to the government. Exactly. We, we can fix it. Huh? <laughs> we, can, we can use it. Yeah, we can use it. it. Any questions on that? I mean, and I, and I talked to... Um, the convention center people yesterday, and there's some things like electricity, I mean, um, and the HV system that could be related to COVID and all that. If they got the go ahead, they'll be, we ought to find out and say we could even add another one, I think, and spend it, um, even if it's on PPE equipment. Okay, that's it. Future, Future agenda, agenda items. Well, I have one. Go ahead. Uh, could we start looking at? the possibility of or exploring the notion of geothermal energy within McAllen and whether that would be a, a real possibility in the future. Yeah, we looked at it a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have a preliminary report on that uh, through the I, PUB. Yeah, that's what I had heard. And so and at one uh, point it was sort of looked at. Right. We can, we might can bring some, you that and I then. I know with kind of gas going down um, or seeing yeah, revenues from oil. Yeah, basically using wells that are already existing and probably plugged. And let me let me see what Mark has on that. Okay. Yeah, we're interested. Um, this is not a future agenda item, but I'm just going to bring it up as a suggestion. We um, fund museum, Boys and Girls Club, Palm Valley, and some of us have not ever visited those or have any idea all that it entails. Is anybody interested in any of those three going on a tour? You know. What do they do? Where is our funding? Yes. You're interested? Why did I not know that? Of course. Anybody else? Is that, a, is that permissible, uh, Roy? Can we? Sure. Give me, give me the list of where you want to go visit, and we'll set it up. Okay. Is well, I named three. For, no, yeah, we can go different times. But I did name three, International Museum of Arts and Science, the McAllen Boys and Girls Club, because they're two different um, branches, and then Palm Valley Animal Shelter are the three, I think, are the highest that we... Amounts of monies that we spend. Oh, Vida is another one. Vida. Vida. We brought that one way down, though. And the other clinic, um, El, El Milagro Clinic. El Milagro, El Milagro Clinic. Unidas. I mean, there's 
Where? Okay, this one this. I mean, there's, I mean, not the. Yeah, I've been to the facility. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, go. send me what you'd like to visit. And well, for we'll sure, I, boys and girls got, club, museum, I and this. Palm Valley. Yeah. And then there was another. Um, CBD does that annually. Oh, I don't, don't know if they've done it this year. But <coughs> yeah, CBD typically... does it. Yeah, I know because when I was on, but we haven't they, done it as a it commission, medical. and we approve it. Yeah, we get the we get kind of when they come for us. It's really financials more than operational yeah. right. stuff. Yeah. Okay. It'd be nice for us to do a tour. You guys got so. all the food bank. We also give to the food the bank. The food bank. Do we do we fund? But we don't fund them large. Uh, uh, it's a small amount through the yeah, CBG. The food bank. No. Yeah, they're not as large as the others. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So okay. you have a list. My turn. Yes. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go to B, C, and D first. And the COVID-19 matters. Uh, a couple issues, as you saw in the paper, DHIR and UTRGV are getting the. Uh, vaccine. I know UTR, uh, uh, DHR had to buy a new um, refrigerator unit to keep them. And uh, so uh, after that, it's going to be kind of up to a state. What's the name of the state board? CA? EVAC. Huh? EVAC. EVAC. Uh, it, it's appointed by the governor, and they're going to decide who gets it next. And so the idea is uh, right now it's uh, health care providers that deal with um, COVID patients. And then the next step will maybe be other house, but we don't know that yet. It could be nursing home and nursing patients and whatever, but they'll make that decision how that gets dispersed. And so that's um, the, that board, I think, has already been appointed, and they're actually acting on that now. A lot depends on whether it's the Pfizer or the other one because of the refrigeration capacity um, has that. Um, our numbers, I just got our numbers. We're going to give somebody, I gave you different numbers that we produce at the city. We think it's a little more accurate than the county numbers for, because they're relying on different categories, I guess, Kevin. And so whatever ones you want, I'll, I'll send those out, either from Jeff Tier or, or the county numbers. Um, one of the issues on COVID is whether we used um, the system, uh, the three-county three area for our hospital capacity or we use just Hidalgo County. If we use the three-county area, we have capacity without going to restrictions. If we just use Hidalgo County, we're at or very near the restrictions where uh, certain things are closed down or uh, limited capacity. One of the things we mentioned is that I don't think they count the um, beds at the convention center because they're not uh, permanent beds, but if you added those 50 beds to it, we would be well within capacity and shouldn't have to um, curtail businesses anymore. The next item is, have any, any questions? Uh, next item is report on bridge travel restrictions. DHS extended the essential travel restrictions as of today. They're a little early on it, but they did it through January, so it'll be up to the Biden administration of what they're gonna do with that. We think until the vaccination gets done, uh, gets, a, gets distributed more than it is, you're probably looking at extended um, travel restrictions, number one, and then uh, number two, uh, there's been a couple of caravans that have been started up in Guatemala. Their the state, Guatemalan country uh, government's policy is to diminish those and, and do different things with COVID, et cetera, so they don't form up or they disband in Guatemala. We don't know what the Mexicans are going to do, but we are seeing more um, kids coming across the river um, with, you know, literally with telephone numbers written on their, on their person. So they get across the river so they can call. And so that's going to continue to be an issue. And we'll have to see how the um, Obama, I mean, uh, Biden administration handles it and lawsuits. 
because there's also lawsuits on that. But either way, it's not necessarily good. And we've talked to DHS, and they will continue to um, um, have one, uh, only one lane across the river. So you're going to have traffic problems because they want to check to make sure that there are essential travels, number one, but also, uh, number two, not seeking asylum. So that's going to be, um, slowdown is going to continue for that. I wish I had better news on this. And then I got good news. The McAllen Holiday Parade was a huge success. Yeah. And so thank you, everybody that did that. Let's give them applause. <laughs> I think the citizens appreciated that with um, COVID and everything else. And it was a lot of fun. And, and it was a little shorter this year, so I didn't, it wasn't, we didn't get horse sailing out at the crowds and everything. But thank you for that. And then the next one's going to report on elections. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a little time and read this because it's kind of rough. But this is addressed to citizens, friends, and supporters. I want to inform you about my decision regarding next year's mayor election. After much deliberation, I decided not to seek re-election for the office of mayor of the city of McAllen. It was not an easy decision, especially when next year will mark my 43rd year of service to the city of McAllen as your city attorney, assistant city manager, city commissioner, and mayor. I have enjoyed almost every minute of such service. I want to thank my family for supporting my decision, even though, like many of the supporters in the community, they encouraged me to run again. I want to thank them all for the support I have gotten as mayor and especially as a candidate for the office of mayor. However, I had devoted more than the last five years as a full-time mayor, and after 43 years with the city, I've decided that it's time to retire in May of 2021. I will surely miss the friends and acquaintances I have the pleasure of meeting over the years. I will miss meeting with our citizens. I will miss all the great city staffers and elected officials that I've worked with over all these years, although a lot of them have already retired before me. I've enjoyed a career of public service. It has been a privilege to serve my city and, my, and the Rio Grande Valley in different capacities. I hope to continue to be involved in public service after my term expires in May of 2021. Obviously, this year has not been the same for any of us, and a lot of my attention as mayor is focused on the pandemic issues. Nonetheless, I feel that we have accomplished or will accomplish before the end of my current term what I had set out to do as mayor when I was first elected eight years ago. I am especially proud of what has happened in our city during my almost eight years as mayor. If you indulge me, I'd like to list a couple of them. It's UTRG and medical school uh, creation, including the establishment of the UTRG Research Center and the Dove Campus and the administrative headquarters in South McAllen. The MPO merger of the three MPOs of the Valley, the result of two bond issues passed by the voters, the first one since 1990, which has resulted in improvement to traffic infrastructure, such as Bicentennial, 29th Street, Ware Road, Taylor Road, Dove Avenue, South McAllen, uh, South McCall Road, and Benson Road. The construction of the performing arts, major drainage improvements, parks and hike and bike trails were included. The expanded program of annexation of territory to protect our major city growth quarters to the southwest and north. The rezoning of all AO zoning designated land to enhance and encourage development, including needed multifamily projects. The multi-million expansion of the Plaza Mall protected project with a partnership with the city. The redirection of economic development efforts and the establishments of a retail recruitment and support office in the city administration. The establishment of the Texas A&M campus at Trace Lagos. The development of Trace Lagos master plan community. I might point out that it was a um, tours and for years we had supported tours all around us and paid 28% of them because the county <laughs> participated them on. So I thought it was about time we had the first um, tours in our city to have the county and everybody else pay some of ours. And I think it's been a great success. And we have the other one in South McAllen for drainage. The establishment of the mayor's health council winning multiple health and exercise state com competitions 
and, and including the McAllen Marathon um, with the children. The rededication of the Old City Hall is a development center and reorganizing the development process. The rededication of the old police department building is the anti-gang center, an intelligence center with multi-jurisdictional police agencies. The construction of a new fire department station, the expansion of the police department building. The expansion of the quality of life events such as the world famous holiday parade and Christmas in the park. The further development of Quinta Mazzalan and the proposed development of the partnership with UTRGV is a major outdoor nature development. Establishment of the Wi-Fi availability for our underserved neighborhoods. Joint MISD school district projects such as the stadium improvements and park developments. New World Quality Youth Baseball, Softball, and Soccer Complexes. Creation of an Ordinance Review Committee to eliminate outdated ordinance and recommend improvements or additions. Negotiating five-year collective bargaining agreements with both the fire and the police <coughs> departments to establish stability between the management and those departments. Creation of a large city coalition under the Council of Governments for shared cooperation and ideas. Establishment of the shared bike ridership program. Establishment of the 311 program for citizen information reporting, which took a lot of work for the city manager to get that done. I'm very <laughs> reluctant to do that. Working with Catholic Charities to establish a respite center in response to the immigration and asylum crisis and providing humanitarian care and addressing the nationwide publicity relating thereto. The Anzaduas Bridge Freight Expansion Construction Ready for April 2021 start date. The establishment of special needs programs, parks, and rec facilities for special needs children. Refurbishing of Bethel Gardens, completion of the Texas War Memorial and the Convention Center Complex, expansion of our world-class airport, and expansion and improvements to Palm View Golf Course, City Tennis Court, Swing Pool, and General Park, including bathroom improvements, <laughs> which I hope you name one after me. <laughs> the new quality of yeah, Mike would like that. The new where are you going? I'm going over to Darling to go to the restroom. Okay. New quality of life venues and activities, art walk, food park, convention center concerts, activities such as Frio, South Pole, and Fiesta Palmas. Creation of the official city of McAllen Seal that took me 20 years to get done. And as of 2019-2020, in the fiscal year we had a fund balance of 59 million and over $250,000 in the bank under various city accounts. I wholly realize that I did not do all these things by myself. We have had great city management leadership, city supervisor, and employees initiative and participation. Our fantastic city advisory board's guidance, our innovative city ch uh, chamber of commerce, and MEDC organization and their leadership. Our MISD school board partners and MISD uh, administration, and our generous and civic-minded business community and my current and predecessor mayors and city commissioners in the encouragement under, and understanding of my wife, Sandra. I will surely miss all the great employees, especially those ones that I had worked closely with. I will miss going to school classrooms and visiting with our youngsters. I will miss the many city and other functions that a mayor gets to attend. You notice I didn't write has to, but because I enjoyed almost every one. I will miss the elected officials that I have the pleasure of working with over the years, and I will miss the state of city events. I still have one left, but I have to admit I have run out of unique ways to enter. <laughs> the state of the city entrances were staged to express the vision for the following year for our city while giving up, while living up to my model of working hard but also having fun at the same time. Finally, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for all the support you have given me, not only the support you have given me at election time, but also during my term as mayor. Sincerely yours, Jim Garland. Thank you for
was waking up. I was pretty good. I couldn't. Well, executive session, Mr. City Attorney. Uh, yes, sir, Mayor. Uh, Mayor, items 9A, B, and D are matters protected by the attorney-client privilege in 551071 of the Government Code, 9C is economic development matters under 087. It's my opinion they're all eligible to be discussed in closed session if the Commission's desire to do so. I would recommend you entertain a motion to that effect. A motion to recess the executive session. Second. Second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. It's 741. We'll be in executive session. Two, we're back in session. <laughs> Mr. City Attorney. Uh, yes, sir. If we could, Mayor, go back and I'd left my agenda, but the previous open Love session it, item that we passed, I don't have the number. I apologize. I left my agenda in there. Hey, Which one you want? This one? Yeah. What does he want? I have them all here. It was, uh, it was F, 7F. Okay, 7F. Yes, on that item, I would recommend you entertain a motion authorizing the city manager to grant the extended leave uh, for a time period up to the amount discussed in the executive session and in increments as are appropriate under the circumstances and that staff be directed to draft a proposed policy for future such items and bring it back to the commission for approval. So moved. Second. second. A motion is second. Any questions or comments? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same side. Motion carried. On the economic development matters, there's a matter involving Simon, Simon Property Group. Recommend you entertain a, mat, a motion authorizing city manager and city attorney's office to move forward with the uh, refinancing of the debt along the lines discussed in the executive session. So moved. Second. Okay, I had a question. Uh, when we actually do the issuance, we're bringing that back? Or yeah, I would assume so, Roy. Yeah, it'll, 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 <coughs> it'll come back to you, Mayor. Okay. It'll be here in January. Okay. Okay, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign, motion carried. On the economic development matter that the MEDC president presented, recommending entertain a motion authorizing the MEDC president, city attorney's office, to extend the offer for incentives as discussed in the executive session. Okay, I have a motion. Motion to Second. 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 Sorry. And let the record reflect that Commissioner Ramirez has, um, uh, did not participate in the executive session, abstained from voting. Okay, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Uh, on the item related to the Spectre contract, I uh, uh, suggest you entertain a motion authorizing the City Attorney's Office and the management team to negotiate an amendment to the Spectre concession contract within the parameters discussed in the executive session. So moved. Second. Okay, any comments or questions? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. I believe that's all I have, Your Honor. That's it? Okay. Um, stay safe out there. On behalf of all the commissioners, myself, and city management, have a merry, merry Christmas, and actually a happy new year. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Okay. We'll stand adjourned.